everyone, welcome to Scum Balls Rambling Podcast. Hello. Scum Cloud here, joined as always by my good friend and co-host Paul Brown. Once again. Hello. And for the first time in Square UIO, we are here talking some Frasier. Uh, not just Frasier actors, like we've been doing in our Exciting Escapades, like our very long, very long uh, Bugs Life one that came out. It did take a while. And we're here actually talking about Frasier itself, it does feel like a while, but... Season six is finally wrapping up. It's, yeah, we, we are on our last, uh, including the one we are saving for our next show. We have got our last four episodes. Three we are covering today. Well, technically five, but on, on the, most of the DVD releases, the last two episodes are like combined into one because they're the other two part. Episode. Yeah, yeah. Because we've got 20, 21, 22, but then 23 and 24 are kind of just yeah, merged yeah, together. Yeah. But, I get, I get what you were what you were meaning about that. Not to just well, and, didn't mean to. In, in, in my box set disc episode sequence, yes. if you will. Yeah, yeah, it's the same. I've got a, the same box set. I uh, I know what you're talking about, but hmm, we're uh, we're here to break up the final part of season six, where we are doing episodes like you said, twenty twenty one, twenty two, and then the, because the two part, the two part finale, and I think the first episode of season seven doesn't really continue the story of the this finale. It's not one of those ones where it carries over to the next season like the last couple were. Yeah. Like with Fraser getting fired and then him getting on the plane and meeting that model that no one believes he, that he met. Uh, so we're just going to do those two episodes on their own. You know, doing two episodes is going to feel weird after doing three and sometimes four episodes for so long. <laughs> so we're just going to do those two as a big you know, two-part season six, you know, farewell finale and all that. Yeah. And then, you know, it feels like forever ago since we actually started covering Fraser, but now that's here, we're at the... You, as much as a, as much of a halfway point as you can get with an odd numbered number of seasons, you know, with eleven. Yeah, that's seasons. very true. Yeah. So, so it's relatively the halfway point of the show, and some may say us coming out of season seven, season seven is a end of a golden era of like when you leave the first nine to twelve seasons of of Simpsons. Not saying not saying it's that same quality. Cause I think there's still some good that you can find in the later seasons, just mm. not as much. As the early seasons, well, similar to, similar to the Simpsons, but at least Frasier had the sense to know when it had to, yeah, had to end. Well, I'd have to agree with you. Uh, season six is the end of the season by season good shit run, if you will, <laughs> of the show. So after it gets past that, it, you do have your like. There's certain seasons from that point on that are. You know, they're pretty good. Yeah. One of the weakest after six, I think, personally for me, is season eight. Ah, right. I find that a particularly weak season. Uh-huh. I more tune in in season nine. Mm-hmm. I think there's a good crop of episodes, a good crop of episode sequences in nine. Uh-huh. Uh, love ten. I don't know <laughs> what it is about season ten. I love season ten. There's a lot of good episodes in that. And the season... Thank you so much, car guy, discourteous driver. <laughs> there, a little Fraser for you there. This, uh, this dear discourteous driver, shut fuck up. I know it's all quiet outside before we record, isn't it? And then cunts like that come about when as soon as you press the button. Mm. It's all. It's always the way. Is it? Is it? season eight? I don't want to get too much into a topic that we've. Not only in a lot of ways covered, yeah. but also ground that as we get to those episodes, we'll cover again. Mm-hmm. Is it because that's the first proper 
Niles and Daphne are together season because like the first I'll say third is um basically trying to settle him trying to settle things with Mel. Yeah. And then them being together and then then basically figuring out how them together works and then yeah, yeah. randomly they have to shoehorn in at Daphne's getting fat story to cover the fact that Jane Lee's in real life was pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know, I mean, you know personally I'm quite negatory mm-hmm. on the whole Daphne Mel Donnie uh-huh. uh Niles Hark thing. Mm-hmm. But it's not just that, I find that season quite clustered. You know, a wee bit yeah. you know? Uh-huh. I mean now you got the whole thing, like the whole arc with like the fallout from mm-hmm. running from a wedding blah blah blah. Once that's done it's kinda Yeah. You know? And then, like, later seasons, like, for example, I think season 10, uh-huh. you've got that really awesome <laughs> guest appearance from Alan Cummins. Oh, yes. You know? Yeah. And then yeah. I think, oh, what's her name? Her who, she was basically in a similar relationship with her they did that way, Kate Costas, but she was a lot more abrupt with people and not a lot of people liked her. Was it Julia? Oh, uh, Julia. Yeah, I want to say Julia, but I, something in my head was telling me that's not right. Isn't she that woman that ended up in jail for fixing her kids college thing or some shit I, the actress I mean I don't know if I've heard that I'm sure she was she in Glee no not Glee she was in Desperate Housewives I believe alright so she's not the Glee chick no right. no no not the chick you're thinking of I don't know uh, I'm sure what I heard something about oh, that oh very true I'm, I'm probably like, very wrong we're both part of your Facebook groups and literally any Felicity lo- Huffman right Someone will tell me about yeah, it. because if it's Felicity Huffman, I'm pretty sure she went went jail for trying to fix her kids' grades or some shit. But uh, <coughs> with her, I'm sure like we're both part of Fraser groups where little, any little thing that a Fraser actor appears in, mm. someone mentions it, and so someone would have mentioned it surely. But I do, I do love when they post like an actor who's already a big name by the time they appeared, they appeared in Fraser, and then they post up and go, "Oh, I was watching this thing, and look who popped up," and they're like. Yeah, that thing that he was in that was filmed two years before he was in Fraser. Well, I mean, you've got Alan Cumming, you've got, like, up-and-coming actors and actors like Zoe Deschanel, she was in it. She yeah. was Rose's pissy and annoying cousin. Uh, I think after that, our next big role would be the John Farrakers film Elf, which was Will Farrell's love oh, interest in that. Oh, yeah, I love Elf. Mm-hmm. That's a fun movie. It is a fun movie. Yeah. And it's got James Caan in it. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. James Caan. Yeah. Jimmy Caan. Mm-hmm. Make yourself comfortable. Okay. <laughs> I meant have a cheese doodle, but whatever, it's a party. John Favreau directs and he also cameos in it as the doctor who does the test for... Uh, oh, and you've got fucking uh, Dr. Chooksbury. You have Michael Keaton friendly popping up in episode yeah. later on. Blaine! <laughs> so yeah, I'm interested to watch because like... Maybe I don't check out the so the seasons later on from free from from this point as much when I'm watching them back. But and you saw when I did my my perfect season of Frasier thing where yeah yeah I didn't feature as many. I think five or six episodes from that weren't included in the first six seasons made it onto the list. So that's like like twenty four. So like eighteen nineteen episodes are like the first six seasons, right? But then again, I, I was going by the rules that I, that whatever number you were in the list. Had to be what number of episode that was. So really, I was just trying to look back and try to do my best recollection and read up what the plots and other episodes were. Yeah. Some I remembered better than others. So there were some episodes that I maybe just glanced over and I was putting together. I might go back and watch like, 
Oh, that's actually not a bad episode, well, that. At least you didn't include crop tails. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> that's on a worst list. I think so we're going to do a, a worst Fraser list at some point. Well, crop tails be on that in that fucking episode with Nathan Lane. That'll be on that. That'll be on that. Because he, Nathan Lane, fantastic. I might sound petty, but one or two Kate Costas episodes would be on my list. You are petty with that. I think you're a lot harsher to Kate Costas than you need to be. I wonder, I don't think I've ever... I think I may have... Oh, it's so long ago. Maybe I said that in one of the episodes where I posted a phrase you were going to say, what's, your, what's the general consensus for you guys about Kate Costas? I got a few responses, but can't remember what it is. I don't know what the general phrase your consensus is to, to Kate Costas as a character. Yeah. Whenever I've had any back and forth with Fraser fans on the comments pages, usually I comment when they're going on and on and on about, oh, Mel's such a bitch, and I'm like, well, hold my beer. <laughs> Fuck you. If you actually really look at it, Mel has every right to kick him right in the cajones. And he's wee fucking cockney tart, as she puts it. <laughs> You get, even though she's not from London in the show. But she's got every right. Or in real life, I don't think. No, no, I don't think so. She's And her voice is very different, real. You know, oh, yes, yes. Very she's different. Yes. Yeah, she's so, so posh and polite. Mm. And a lot deeper voiced than, mm-hmm. than Daphne. She, she, she's claimed in interviews, uh, like, I think they were they're even on some of the bind scenes <laughs> on the, some of the Fraser DVDs that... She, I don't know how she said she's been playing this all the time, or maybe at a certain point, but she claims that most of the period where she was on the show pre the revelation about Niles yeah, yeah. before her heart, she finally found out about it. That she said she often played Daphne as, like, because the scenes where she's so oblivious, she plays off that somewhere in the back of her, she kind of does suspect it, but because he's, you know, he he's Niles, he's so, yeah, you know, he's so different from me, like, she basically. She's self-conscious, but not she's subconscious, but not fully realizing that she's purposely playing dumb to, and that's why she doesn't notice all the obvious things like him cruising up behind her, smelling her hair, and yeah. all the weird gifts that he gives her. Like, like even the best example is a uh, perspectives on Christmas, where she purposely remembers that Niles being all friendly and everything, whereas Fraser and Martin remembered it as like, oh, you sang under a mistletoe, and he's trying to play. Yeah, and he's like, well, he's all drunk on his on his eggnog. On his eggnog. Mm-hmm. And then she wrote, Niles, let me refill your glass. Where reality face is like, that's enough out now for you, Niles. <laughs> you're getting too drunk and too pale for your treat. I know. There were one or two random examples where you think it was a case of like, they were like, one or two Niles is creepy, but it's playful gags, too short. So then there were ones where it, like, it went far too much the other side. Yeah, like, yeah. That, that's, that's plainly creepy. That's plainly stepping over boundaries here, Niles. That's somebody keep a closer eye on this man. You know, no one ever mentions the very early season, very, I think it's season one or two, mm-hmm. the very, very brief but sort of sexual tension between Fraser and Daphne. You know, when, when uh, I can't remember exactly the episode off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but Daphne's saying something and Fraser's like, oh, I think we can think of something to do. And she's like, all right, I'll fold and you pass them. <laughs> you know I mean, she's like, woof. I think that was just a... Uh... Kind of a bait and switch from there on the writers' part because obviously by that point you know I think fans like they didn't know how long the show was going to go for but I think you're already set to think like oh it's 
something's going on here with that with Nails is feeling towards that way. Is that ever gonna play out to something? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then this flips in like, oh, like this is unexpected. Where's this going? <laughs> yeah, totally. Because imagine if they try and explore that, because then that would cause a major rift between Fraser and, oh, and Nails. Oh yeah. I don't think they ever would have went that way. No, because we're petty enough with each other without that. I know they, they're very competitive. They like without. No, we've actually seen them compete over women in episodes before. Yeah. What? Why are you willing to acknowledge we're waving we're at the same, same woman? <laughs> I saw her first. That's not fair. You're the host. You see everybody first. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, like, even the thing in the episode, I think, was where he's trying to figure out what to do with Kate, about Kate after he sleeps with her, and he eases down. I'm like, see, you and I, you know, had a romantic encounter, and she just laughed. <laughs> and I love the fact she just, she just laughs at the idea, like, well, you and me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just sitting, nah, mate. You've not got a chance. And it just starts using one of our own examples. And it just comes up. Well, you can shove up from a Mulgrew. That's one thing about Fraser. Even when you're not, when we're not focused on what we're doing, we talk about it. It's still awesome. We're at least talking about Fraser. But again, it feels like ages since we've talked about Fraser. But I thought we'd break up the wrestling related content we did the last two weeks, and we had to separate. <laughs> A most recent retro review, which was the Royal Rumble 1997. If you haven't checked that out and you're into wrestling, go check them out. Yeah, and if you are a wrestling fan, let us know how much you enjoy the f- fucking SummerSlam too, <laughs> because I enjoyed it. It was just great. Oh yeah, the most recent SummerSlam. Yeah, it feels like yeah. ages ago. Like, it was actually longer than you might expect for me and Paul were actually here, because Paul was, you were off doing things, you were off travelling. I was off uh, going, Wait, taking, uh, my, taking my mother out for her birthday and... I got I got her some lovely chocolates and well I got her a lovely bar of chocolate and I got <laughs> Still her chocolate. I got her a nice cake for her birthday. I got her a little chocolate bitooks <laughs> and some flowers and things. I was nice to my mother for her birthday. And we went out for a nice drive in the countryside and found a nice little place for food. And I or I ordered this this burger thing which was it was very nice, but on reflection, I, I would not have added the bacon to my burger because the bacon seemed a little, just, it wasn't not cooked, just a little under for me. Yeah. You know? But then I'm, I'm, I'm what some may call a philistine, I like to incinerate my bacon. <laughs> I, I, am, I am the very same. Yeah. Because, like, I don't mind it not being fully, like, incinerated, like, but then if it's too on the light side, then I have a problem because that... Because when you crisp it, you can deal with the how, ma- how much fat it's got yeah. on it. Whereas if it was too light, then the fat's just all. My brother told my waste. brother did tell me a great hack for like, like you know, like it's not all you get, but that lovely crisp fat uh-huh. you get on bacon. My brother told me a fantastic hack for that. When you're frying it, just when it's a bit there, mm-hmm. take a wee a wee dot of water uh-huh. and put it on the bacon, and that'll crisp up the fat. Ah. Yeah, that's what he told me. So I'm gonna next time I have bacon, I'm gonna check that shit out and see how I do. You know, right. because my granddad he used to cook bacon all the time, and he was a fucking genius at getting that fat crisp, and it was just beautiful. <laughs> and since I was younger, since my granddad passed, and even now, mm-hmm. I still try and do it. I still can't get it. I can <laughs> sort of get it, but I can't get it just so. You're like, why did I ever ask him, Granted, how do you do it, man? Yeah, go like, on. Come for the beyond and tell me how to cook bacon. Go, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, say, you like, oh, I'm sensing your presence. Would you, love, would you like me to hear him say, tell me how he did the bacon? <laughs> how's Some, it get a Ouija board to fucking tell me how you did the bacon. No. N-A-W. N- no. No. 
I don't even think I can blame the cider on that as well. This is only both our second cans, I know. Aye, aye. My stomach's not empty enough for to, for me to already be drunk. No, no. Neither, neither one of us were willing to spend the money on the large cans today. No, no, those, those have gone up a lot of them. No. But we digress and such. You know, we are covering... Dr. Nora today. Um, yeah, my week was fine, Paul. Thank you for asking. Oh, I'm so sorry, Scott. <laughs> I'm, I I asked, I I led you in to tell me about the things you were telling you before you well, went travelling. Would you, would you, you like were, Would you like me to tell you again and the people about my week? Well, I'm just saying you can well, tell them how much and how little or how little you well, want to tell them. I will then. I will. Excuse I, me for trying I, to be courteous. I had the lovely time out with my mother, I say, and then from the very fact that I was out there and got a little like. Hmm. This place is so much better than where I live. <laughs> and then as we were coming back from the lovely sunny weather out there, we came back to fucking Clydebank and it was raining. Of course it was. And I thought to myself, wow, weather reflect, the weather reflects my mood. Great. <laughs> and I was still miserable. And then by the Wednesday of that week, I went, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go see Brian. Mm. And I went, to sh- I went up the town. On the seventeen bus, which was nice, relatively quiet, but I, the route through the seven, the seventeen takes it takes you through, which looks like third world conditions, you know, nothing but Shuttle. what what might have been pubs and shuttles and desolate shit, you know, like lots of for sale or to let signs on desolate looking buildings. So shitholes, basically. Ah, shitholes. But I got up the tin, and that wasn't the thing that shocked me. I got in the tin. And firstly, <laughs> firstly, right, I walked in, to, I went to the pub that I used to go to, which is now a pub slash coffee shop. I didn't know you could have hit those, actually. Neither did I, but I went up, and I, I looked at the thing, and I went, if coffee's less than two quid, just coffee mm-hmm. is less than two quid, I'll get it. And it was less than two quid, and I went, all right, and I went up to the guy, and I went, can I have a coffee? And he went, what kind of coffee? And I went, just coffee. Just a plain white coffee. Mm-hmm. And he went, just plain white coffee. I went, ah, just, just, just coffee. <laughs> well, well, maybe he's not used to being told that's what you want. Right. I was, I, was, I was very Martin in that regard, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I got my coffee and I sat no, down. Some, you know, in some places they have, they have straight plain white coffees, but they have every place has a different name for some for yeah, things. Well, I had to ask for an Americano. I think that's what you call it. Yeah. Now. But, I sat down. <laughs> I sat down with my coffee, rolled my cigarette, put my red fucking Ace Austin shades on, chilled it. Of course sm- you did. Smoking my cigarette, drinking my coffee, looking wistfully at the pub that I was going to go to once I had my coffee. And as I'm so you went to a pub slash coffee shop to think about a pub, you were another pub you were going to go to. Well, the other pub was inside. Ah. Uh, so you were going to go into the pub area, but you went to the coffee shop but first. No, I didn't go to that pub. I went across the road to the solid right. to listen to music and use their Wi-Fi. Okay. But I'm sitting outside at this coffee bit, having my cigarette, drinking my coffee, looking at people walk by and shit as I do. And I'm sitting there, I hear this reggae music, mm-hmm. and I look, up, look behind me and there's this dude... Like big pack, big backpacking looking dude, you know, yeah. really like traveling looking fucker, right? Long hair, a fucking sombrero on, 
and he's listening to reggae man and he goes up and you know <laughs> why don't we tell English voices mm -hmm. like Holmes under the hammer kind of fucking <laughs> accent and shit you're like you dick <laughs> he seemed like a really awesomely friendly dude right he seemed the sort of guy you like to know you know right. but <laughs> it comes up <laughs> he's the thing he asked for seems so complicated I barely remember what the fuck he asked for <laughs> he went can I and then that that I'm not going to daily accent, right? Because I'll sound gay. But, <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, really gay. But he's like, It's the kind of English accent that Kevin Bridge takes the piss out of. <laughs> aye, aye, like that kind of accent. And he was up and he was like, Can I have a iced something, something chai latte? And I was like, I'm sitting there smoking my cigarette going, <laughs> Like, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> it was he was the guy right after me, so I'm with first of all, coffee, just coffee, and he comes up. Can we simplify it for the guy before he has to make whatever he needs a degree to make whatever the fuck this prick was. Well, this guy was got there. He's like that. He's like he asked for like this something something iced chai latte, and the guy was like, we don't have chai, and he's like and he's like. Well, can you recommend anyone else? I'm sure there's plenty of baristas around here that'll have chai. I'm like, you fucking dick. But no one says that I had anything against the guy. I just thought you absolute fucking bellend. <laughs> he went toddling off. We use reggae playing, looking for his looking for his chai, and I'm still sitting there going. Feel so like you're like a guy I like to know if you weren't such a dick about your coffee drink. I'll oh, just get a fucking coffee and still be a ponsman, <laughs> you know. But I, fin I finished my coffee, went over to the pub, and that's when I got a most awful shock. Most awful. I went in and I said, Pine of Fosters. And they said, 470. And I went, Come again? <laughs> You mean I've bought a pint? Now I have no money? <laughs> like, I was like... That's how it go. It's some sort of magic pint that cures things. <laughs> but I, I sat there and I was drinking my pint and chilling and listening to my headphones and shit because the music was shit anyway. But... I was sitting there and I'm going, maybe I'm showing my age here, but I remember when you came into this pub and you could buy at least three pints for that. Yeah. Oh. Things go up, I mean, plus they're in the tune. You know, in Mace, you know, compared to most places where you can go to in the city centre of Glasgow, there, there are people who have been to other places and would come in there and say Fourth Henry who would probably think that's cheaper than so-and-so a place. Mm -hmm. you? But now, because of inflation, we have the three B's of terror. Hmm. Beer, yeah. buses and backy. <laughs> you know? I, I have experienced two out of those three. Yeah. Guess, what the three guess what the third one is? Buses. Back of your dafty. Oh, aye, because you get your dad's back here for them. Well, no, well, no, I I, I, experienced, I experienced two or three. I, basically, I was telling you, I guess, the ones I'm experienced. And back here for the most part because, well, I do go get my dad's fags, but I don't smoke. Aye. I'm not buying tobacco, I'm buying cigarettes. Aye, but well, still you know. back here, you know. Okay, yeah. then I've experienced all three as well. Yeah. Hey, <coughs> back up, you know. Maybe because, you know, I often, I rarely, never say to actually go to. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it right on that. But, 
maybe it's because of how inconsistently I actually go out to pubs where more of that when I'm drinking it's I'm coming up here or I'm going to another person's house where I bring, where I bring booze. You know, remember I told you I went on those dives up, things like that, and maybe one or two other things sprinkled in pre-COVID or like times where I actually went out to pubs, but I don't do it as much, you know, in recent time. Yeah. But like, talking about pays a drink, I don't remember the last time I paid less than three quid for a pint of like a cider. See, that's the like three <coughs> three pounds something is like the cheapest I ever remember as an Arabian. No, I'll grant you three pounds something is at least still generally reasonable, but nearly yeah. a bloody fiver. And I was sitting like which is, which is why oh, it still makes me laugh when I watch back episodes. Uh, it's still game and they and they're wanted one eighty for a pint. I'm like fucking nowadays, you how many pints you can get? You like. Look, this place, what, one eight a pint? How many pints can I get in here? Yeah, you would get shoulder rubs for that kind of price, you know what I mean? I know, you're, like, you're thinking like, I've got a tenner here, one eight a pint. Think of how many pints I can get with this yeah. tenner here. I used to be like that when I was going to the pub, I'd be like, I've got a tenner, I'm going to get drunk. Cool. Just think, maybe think when I was, like, Elaine, where I got 20 quid off my mind, I was like, Jesus, the possibilities I can do with 20 quid. And nowadays, I get 20 quid and then, like, two days later, like, is this how much I've got left for that 20 quid I got the other day? Get 20 quid nowadays and you're like, I'm going to Poundland. <laughs> no, I get 20 quid nowadays and you're like, oh, I make this last. I'm going to the corner shop. <laughs> <laughs> That's not usually a wise idea even nowadays. No. Slightly better with the one I go to. I was, me- I was messaging, like... My good pal Edinburgh Davy on the on <laughs> on Davey. Facebook. Well, sounds like what? a sketch show character. Ah, oh, he's a good guy. Right? He's a good guy. I don't know, but you can imagine like a, a Bernie Sanders. Let me show you. Like, ah, and I was talking to Edinburgh Davy. <laughs> but no, I was messaging him. I was like, fucking prices in here, man. Four odd, four fucking nearly a five off a bite. He's like, that's not. And he was I, like, I was gonna say, I don't. I wouldn't think Edinburgh of all places would be much better. No, but he he's he's Edinburgh Davy because he lived in Edinburgh. He doesn't live in Edinburgh now. I but then imagine going for a drink now in Edinburgh. I think it would be much no, worse. But no, he told me how much a double bourbon and coke, a double Jack Daniels and coke yeah. is, and that's solid seven quid. They're, for fucking, a, they're, they're fucking tiny. For a double bourbon and coke, mm-hmm. seven quid. I mean, even if I liked bourbon or whatever, like, looking at the account where people get whiskey or bourbon and a thing and they ask for a double, it's still, like, barely anything. Mm. Like, and then most places charge you, like, yeah, like, like, think of how much you need, you take the money you pay for that, and think how much of another drink we also enjoy, could you get for that amount of money? I you know? could buy two. I could buy two cans of fucking dragon soup and get the same effect. Probably better effect. And most pubs, I could buy at least two pints of fucking cider for that mm. price. I'm not even that old, but I'm still joining with you. Like I remember in my day when things just to cost less. You could go into to the town with a ten pound note, buy a three course dinner and a house, and you'd still have four <laughs> quid left. Oh man! That's the thing. That's when that's when you guys see certain people like older people, people older than us. who say, "Oh, I remember my day when this used to cost us." Like, aye, and that was still a lot in your day. Nowadays, it's fuck it, it's fuck all compared to. That's just how tick was when I real the harsh realities of time that stuff gets more expensive. Yeah, that's why I'd actually me buy cans and stay in the house. Well, cans are still good. Oh, we're enjoying cans right now. Oh hell yes! But well, that's what I mean. Look. We've both spent like five quid on four cans of like four cans of cider. Yeah. Five quid. And that's almost what a fucking one pint of lager cost me in a pub. Yeah, almost yeah. the price of four cans. And a, and you're thinking, 
And the thing was, right, it was Foster's. That's not even a great beer. Well, a great lager, you know what I mean? There's better yeah. lagers than Foster's. So why did you get Foster's in the first place? It's a habit with the solid. Whenever I go into the solid, because yeah. whenever I was going in the solid back in the day, always rang Foster's. Always bought a pint of Foster's. That was my that was my jam, man, you know what I mean? X amount of pints of fucking Foster's. I mean... And then I would switch on to, like, maybe... Bourbon and a couple of long vodkas. Usually by the time I left the pub, I was rat arsed anyway because I was mixing lager and spirits and madness. You know, I, uh, I mean, you talk about the price of drink, and we're just talking about set like, I mean, the, the most out there drink we talked about is like a double bourbon and because we would be talking about cider and beer. Like, then you try and like people who've like mixed drinks there and the prices of them, and like, like I've talked about. Venoms in the past, which is mm. those who don't know, is basically Southern Comfort, orange juice, Blue Wicked, and something else. I can't remember what the, th- the fourth ingredient is. It's a secret. I think it's some sort of other alcohol pop, or maybe it's Smirnoff something. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's something like that, but it all yeah. weirdly comes together. All these different colours come together to make this pint of green, almost luminous green. Like when you look at this, and you're thinking, yeah. This looks like, if this was in a bottle and set, and, and the label said, this cleans your drains, you'd believe it. But uh, it doesn't taste like it, obviously, but it tastes very juice-like when you drink it, which, which makes you forget just how fucked up it can get you if you have a few, because it is a spirit. But, like, the cheapest, like, I've had it one or two times on an night out, right? And the cheapest I've ever seen a Venom cost is, like, eight quid. <laughs> Jesus, a couple of us bought a couple of pints of Venom, and the bar is, during a wrestling show, and like just one of them was like nearly eleven quid. Like like we bought a couple. Of, we bunch of still had a fair bit of money before the next payday because we were like late in the month, but we still had fair money. So like so we weren't caring about how much stuff cost in the barrels because we knew going into it stuff would cost all that, right. And so I'd already bought around, bought some veins, and then I went back up. My brother went, okay, it's my room. Take my care because I can't be off moving. You go pay for it, right? And then I ordered the veins. I tell you this before the show, like the woman. Said to me, you know how much, you know it's X amount, and like, yeah, I bought one earlier. And in my head, I wanted to say this, but I didn't, because like, she probably spit my drink or refused to say me if I said, like, like, I know what I'm getting into. Give me my fucking drink. <laughs> like, don't, don't lecture me on my life decisions. Like, I'm buying a Venom, I've already committed to a poor life decision. I haven't been in the bars in ages. It's a hell of a venue for wrestling. A I feel hell like, of a venue for gigs. I imagine it is, but I'm just saying, like, going, I've only been there. Well, I can technically say three times, but really twice, because one of the wrestling shows I went to was across two nights, but technically I'll say three times, mm. because, you know, no, I went, I went, semantics. My first ever gig was in the Barras. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Iron Maiden. Nice. At the Barrowlands. In <laughs> 1998. I remember going to that two nights show we went, I think we all got the bands in that on the first night, and we were all a bit pissed and everything, and then we are all, like, <laughs> pissed. Everybody, I go home... I slept into like, I I must have not emerged from bed till he's eleven. My dog thankfully slept in for most of that. And then I got him up in the middle. Like, you you, just, like doing with me because I'm fucking shattered. <laughs> I'm fucking dying here. <laughs> Took him out briefly. Nothing was nice enough for me to briefly take him out to do his business. And then I spent a couple of hours just sitting on my bed trying to eat something while watching multiple episodes of American Dad, <laughs> trying to pull myself back together again. And then a bunch of us all met up at McDonald's to get something in this before going back. And then we were all, clearly, you could spoke past us and we were all just hanging out with us. It's like, it's like four in the afternoon by that point and a bunch of us, we're all, we all look like we're still recovering mm. from like the night before. And we're all like, it was all I can say. So like, 
So we all probably just gonna stick to the softies tonight then, eh? <laughs> well, you talking about Venom's been mixed up, like, it would have cost you less for what we made up back in the day. We made, we made a concoction, which no even, and end up even we didn't really want to drink because it was too much. Cut mm -hmm. rock, like, Frosty Jack cider. Uh -huh. Three litre bottle. Which was... Three litres? Jesus. Aye, look. Uh, Frosty Jack cider. And... Cover your can. Frosty Jack cider. Super lager. Mm-hmm. Buckfast. And cola. And a, and a, and a big 3L bottle. And it ended up having... A layer of sediment-infused foam in it. Well, I, I gotta tell you, Paul, it sounds god fucking awful. Oh, it was. It was <laughs> evil. And we only drank a little bit of it until it started to give us a stomach ache. You know, uh, like yeah, be a, I think that'd be the worst, at least of your fucking problems. The sediment was like, the layer of foam in it was gritty. Oh, oh <laughs> foam should not be gritty. Yeah, well, we created something hellish. <laughs> You're fucking mad scientists, boys. Yeah. I I was drinking Jägermeister too, so yeah. I, I love a lovely drink. I mean, I kicked off about no asking me how I'm doing, but honestly, compared to this conversation, my week was fuck all. To be honest with you, yeah. I, I was working. I went to see my brothers to watch SummerSlam. I took my dog what doing this by mini part two of the fucking heat wave that we've got going at the minute. At the time recording, I last weekend I took my dog on a four and a half mile walk. I don't know who was more active, me or the duck. Probably you. Hmm. Well, yeah, Probably I mean, you. I've got a Jack Russell. I mentioned it before. I've got a fucking... He's not trying to crush the cans, like... Trying to crush ah. strong, you know, like... Ah. <laughs> My mighty power. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I've got a Jack Russell. So, those things have a lot of energy, and they were bred for, for hunting those kind of ducks. Bed for hunting foxes, yeah. so they were. I don't have a lot of energy. <laughs> yes, you're also not a dog. No, no, no. You know what you do have, Bo? What? Booze. Ooh. I like booze. Huh, as do I. Most people like booze. Well, except those who don't, and they're just unusual. We've been talking about booze, and we should talk about booze another time. This is most interesting, but now we must move to another interesting topic, which is Fraser. Oh, 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 so when I try to do it, it's all, it's all like, no, no, you need to talk, but when no, no, you're no, doing no, it... No, I didn't say you need to talk. <laughs> I, I asked you, and you gave a version of the story that you were telling me before, and then a simple, how you thought, if I didn't have anything to say, I would have I said, but... It's nice to be asked. It's common courtesy. We live in a society. I asked. Ah, you asked what I prodded you. I know. I asked. You shouldn't have to be prompted. Well, good friends don't have to be prompted. I do a lot of good time because I'm just usually... On another fucking planet. Yeah, yeah. You You're on another plane of existence. I am. That's why I look so fabulous. Anyway. <laughs> I've been touching that. Uh, Haha, I got you, can. Uh, so we've got Doctor Nora, which is the sec twenty, which is the twentieth episode of season six, mm -hmm. and it stars a very particular 
guest star and potentially Dr. Noor, which is Christine Bransky, right? Yes, I was going to say, I was struggling to think about it, but thank you for coming in and helping me. You're most welcome. Christine, we've also been nominated for Funniest Female Guest Appearance in a TV Series at the American Comedy Awards for this role. And also, both the, she and the actress who would play our mother, who pop up, pops up later on, will both be nominated for our Emmys for Outstanding Guest Actress in a Comedy Series. Ooh. Christine is also also known for a similar psych, horror psychiatrist role, as she plays the mother of Leonard in the Big Bang Theater. In a semi-regular role, she, pop, she used to pop up at least once or so a season, sometimes via Skype whenever Leonard needed advice, even though he didn't ask her for it. Yeah. <laughs> or sometimes she just pop up to be, give her very harsh criticisms to to people. But, you know, I'm like, well, the difference between that and this show is, and this show she calls a lot more people whores. Yeah. That's what get yeah. Into. She does. She does. And we're going to get into, weirdly, there's a scene in like one of the later scenes of Big Bang where she's going a back and forth between her, there's a back and forth between her and Sheldon's mother, who's this big Christian loving woman, whereas, weirdly, She's kind of a combination of the two. She's a psychiatrist, but she also condemns people the same way a heavily religious person might do, you know, for being whores and such. Mm-hmm. So it's a weird combination of the two. But we open in Cafe Nervosa where someone is just getting up and leaving the table where Fraser was saying a nails comes overlooking uh, Goth Man. But Fraser, was that the author, Dr. Gordon Edelstein? Yes. I wasn't aware you knew him. Yes, well, we just met. You see, the station is hiring another call-in psychiatrist for a one-week trial period, and they've asked me to choose among the finalists. Well, he'd be wonderful. I just finished his book on victims of excessive compulsive disorder, which he says is while he's doing his typical you know, white dinner chair, but he's really having it up this time, and those poor devils. <laughs> poor, poor, <laughs> poor trick-ridden devils. Uh, Niles, before you take out your utensil, Shammy, <laughs> I've got to tell you, I have another interview in just a few minutes. All right? Well, yeah. it's going to be tough to talk Dr. Edelstein. Well, I must say, you're taking this rather well. What do you mean? Well, many people in your position would feel threatened with the thought of, well, another cat sharing the litter box. Your flattering analogy aside, Niles, <laughs> I take it as a tribute. Obviously, the station is so pleased with my show that they're looking for more of the same. You could hardly ask me to do another three hours. Imagine how exhausting that would be. And for you, as well. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, usually, I do like... I don't know if this is intentional, but I picked up on it. I didn't. I've never picked up on this before, but I had my analytic cat on, which is very weird to be wearing indoors. But uh, I was looking at it, and, like it almost feels like you know with lines like that that they almost were expecting you to say like, "Oh, Fraser's going to hire somebody. They're going to be almost everyone's going to think they're better than Fraser, and Fraser's going to get jailed." Like yeah. they set you up to think that's going to be the plot of the episode, but then <laughs> the the reveal of the doctor, you know, when she does her first show, really. Takes in their direction. I don't think anybody would have been yeah. expected when they, they first sat down and watched the show. And might I add also, <laughs> because you had taken a sip of your can of cider before you went and said analytic hat, uh-huh. it sounded like you said analytic cat. You could have an analytic cat? Yeah. Maybe? I don't know. But. Well, anyway, what's, what's the verdict? Verdict? You know, my new look. You know, I say you deserve some of the credit. Really? Oh yeah, she kept saying I should accept that definitely really should be Donnie and find myself a power more of my own. So, you know, the hunt is on. I thought I'd bolster myself to you and adopt this rather ravishing new look. Well, it suits you. Dashing, yet understated. And, uh, oh, I give up. What are we talking about? My moustache. I grant you it's in its early stages. What stage? Research and development? Because <laughs> <laughs> there is no hints, even if you zoomed in, 
I do think there's no hints of a moustache. Yeah, even, even when he purses a little up and goes, mm. Yeah, I do like the, let's say, research and development. Like, I've, I, this is like the longest a wee while I've gone without shaving my face. Even though this is not a proper moustache that I've got in my face, this is still a lot more, this is still a lot better. Yeah. Then you've got a tiny bit of stubble across your like, You've got more of a mustache than David Hyde Pierce does. Yeah. Oh well, that that man can grow a good <laughs> bit of face fuzz when he wants to. Yes, but he isn't doing it. That's yeah. that was just point. And then uh, in comes the the doc, Doctor Nora. She herself, Doctor Nora Fairchild. <laughs> like, ah, yes, of course. Welcome. I can't tell you what a privilege is. I was into your show and I was amazed. I hope this doesn't sound too funny. Oh, funny is just fine. Funny is fun. I am not interrupting another interview. No, no, listen, my brother Niles Crane, he's just about to leave. I should have known you two are brothers, same superb fashions and the same refined yet muscular good looks. Yeah, you seem to be so proud of your kid brother, the radio star. Oh, well, yes. Congratulations on your new job. I hope you'll be very happy at KACL. Isn't that a bit, a, a bit premature? Oh, well. Let's just say I know my little brother. <laughs> I do love that, just like, uh, <laughs> Dale's just kind of like, ah, yeah, like... Congratulations on the new job. Like, it was like, oh, yeah, he's going to take it on his strokes as ego, basically. And yeah, I, I must say, I always love David Hyde Pierce in that role because he, he always says a lot more with his facial expression mm-hmm. before he does the line. You know, he's like, well, you've got the job. So, Fraser, uh, Kenny and Nora come in to the, the booth as Fraser wrapping up his show, and uh, our producer comes in as well with her. And he goes, uh, uh, She's like, I want to thank you both for making me, me and my rooster feel so welcome. Is everyone around here as friendly as you? And he goes, well, oh, and that's oh. when George is the name of the producer, and that's when Ross got on G61 looking and goes, well, hello there. So, Some of us are even friendlier. This is my producer, Ross Doyle. And Dr. Nora, this is my producer, George. And Ross is like, nice to meet you. So follow me, I'll give you the lay of the land. <laughs> and Fraser's like, let's just hope that's a figure of speech, not a sales pitch. Well, Nora, please, please do come in. Make yourself at home. Here we are, get settled in. Here's your headset. Of course, your phone lines, everything's pretty self-explanatory. Cough button, on-air button. Listen, I want you to remember it's all right to be nervous. Even my first show was a tad bumpy. Okay, he's just sitting there by the door. <laughs> bumpy? It was a train wreck. Medic, we got income. Yes, thank you, Kenny. As I recall, you weren't even here, Len. Oh, I got tape for my secret Santa. Break a leg. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, thanks, and he's like, I'll get out of your hair. Godspeed, Dr. Nora. And then she's saying over everything, and again, Fraser's ego and Phil's play, and it's a bit of compression down, I think, but love it. He and Ross are standing at the, uh, the, big, the big window behind mm. the back of the booth, and he's all giddy and everything. And we're like, what are you smirking at? <laughs> oh, gosh, it's just so much fun to have a protege. You see the way she behaves, behaves towards me? It's like a shy Japanese novice bowing before a Fraser sensei. <laughs> Feel like a little bow coming on myself and pass me that wastebasket. Oh, stop it. She's about to start. I just want to catch the beginning. Make sure she's got those first show jitters under control. She, uh, she takes a call from somebody called Jenny, who I should mention, she's the most notable of the guest callers here. She's voiced by Gillian Anderson of X-Files. Oh, yeah, I love Gillian Anderson. Also putting on a bit more of a southern accent in the uh, yeah. in this school. But yeah, she's she's doing her she's doing her, her Jodie Foster impression. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And if you told me it was Jodie Foster, I would also similarly believe you. But seriously, as I say, yeah, I love I love Scully. <laughs> 
Oh, for, don't take it like for what she, she will always be known. Spell the best idea myself. Ha and ha ha. Great, now I look like I pissed myself. Ha ha. Shut up. Anyway, all right, we got our first caller. Who do we have? We have Jenny from Tacoma on line one. Hello, Jenny. I'm Doctor Noah, and I'm here to help. Hi, Dr. Rohrer. My boyfriend and I have been living together for about two years. Are you having sex? Our sex life's not the problem. It's great. But whenever I mention marriage, he changes the subject. Do you think he's afraid of commitment? No, no, no. Uh, no, that's the... Let me help you. Okay, from a disrespect, different uh, perspective. Then, Fusion and Rose have disappeared, and then the better comes to him about... Let me help you a different perspective. You're a whore, Jenny. And then just suddenly they appear right behind... Like, like, I think I say, what? Jenny's <laughs> like... Uh, a whore? You're sleeping with a man you're not married to. In my book, that makes a whore. I, I'm not a whore. I'm a flight attendant. Oh, you think there's no oral left? Huh. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> I love her. I was like, well, she's got, well, no worries about those pre... I think she's got those pre... No, she's got her jitters under control. <laughs> Wake up, Jenny. You've blown it. Dump this crib. Find a new guy and tell your Mrs. New Guy you keep those knees together, okay? Stable him. I don't care if you have to hop to the altar. God bless, honey. Who's next? <laughs> I do love the the the, uh, the transcripts. You know, KSL seven eight. By the way, if you want proper transcripts, they give you the most concise, you know, they really do. most they detailed really do. analysis of the of the episodes. But uh, I do love. I already knew Jelly Nansen before came out. I read read on the transcript, but I do love that the line before his next scene and the transcript says in the hall, Fraser is reeling at the hit, at what he has unleashed. Oh yeah. See what it says in the hall. I mean, you could think you could think that just by looking at you know the wide-eyed stare that the Kelsey Armour is famous for, like almost in this like oh my god kind of face. <laughs> and then I go back to the apartment where Niles comes in and says to, he's in the kitchen with Daphne. Going, Hello, Daphne. Notice anything? <laughs> oh, oh yes, you do look dashing. Blue really is your colour. Oh still though, I think there's something on your lip, and she starts staring away, but weird. Where are you? Like, Oh, wait, there's some sort of hair. Actually, it's a moustache. Oh, yes. It's still a bit on the wispy side. Puts me in mind of me grow my moon. Or rather, it will once it's grown in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> then we go into the living room and Martin's reading the paper and Fraser comes in. He's like, turn on the radio. Some of the matter? Just, just turn on the case here, please. And then Nora's like, Lit. and she's talking to a caller and she's like, listen to me. You have a child. You think you have the right to get divorced just because you're tired of your husband? But he's gay. <laughs> <laughs> you picked him. You made a baby with him. Maybe you got him drunk. Maybe you dressed as Antonio Banderas. <laughs> I don't care. Just make it work. I just love that. Like, I love that. You're just yelling at him. Like, and you wonder, like, well, what's going to be the catch here? And then you're like, but he's gay. <laughs> <laughs> i got to say, depending on what era Antonio Banderas was talking about, yeah. Doesn't mean she had to dress, she technically dressed up as him, but. No, well, that's a. Niles is like, well, that's a bit harsh. Oh, please. As a woman who believes the Spanish Inquisition was just tough love for heretics. Then Martin's like, no, we were listening to her for a while when I was doing my exercises, and I don't think she's so bad. Excuse me? Well, it's nice to have someone stand up for old fashioned values, like sex. I mean, I'm no prude, but in my day, sex was still something sacred and mysterious. Nowadays, you can't even turn on the television without seeing all this ooh-ooh-ah-ah stuff. 
Well, I believe that explains our $90 cable bill this month. Martin's like, oh, well, fuck it. <laughs> He's covered with his I love the fact that it's not mentioned in the transcript, but it cuts back to three nails after he does that. And Nails kind of has this kind of style of kind of face, just like... Yeah, Daphne's like, I liked it too. She reminds me of my old mum. She points out every little flaw you've got, reminds you of every mistake you've ever made, tell you you're lazy, you'll never amount to anything, and no good man will ever have you. But it's just because she loves you. In fact, I think I'll give old mum a call. You know, if you hear her so much, why did you hire her? Well, I didn't know she was going to behave this way. She said all the right things at the interview. And now she turns up. Oh, she certainly did. She complimented his looks, his clothes. She didn't pretend to believe I was the older brother. Of course, the moustache may have clouded her judgment on that one. And Martin's like, she had a moustache? Lovely kind of policy. He's going to think he's maybe going to ask her, like, what moustache are you? And he just kind of thinks for a thing. She's got a moustache? Uh, and then Fraser's like, well... Like it or not, I am responsible for her being here. I'll just have to have a talk with her. Tell her to soften her approach a bit before she alienates her entire audience. I mean, really, people can tell the difference between constructive criticism and outright abuse. And then in comes Stephanie, no, my boyfriend hasn't left me for someone better and be nah, smarter and better looking. She's an old tease. <laughs> <laughs> that comes in Dr. Ruthless is the takeover between the And then Fraser signs up to show his doctor comes in and he goes, Ah, oh, Dr. Nora. Such a frosty tone, is something the matter? Oh, I had just one question, at which point Roy just stops <laughs> and, and she's like, What kind of vicious, judgmental, name calling, machete mouth bitch are you? I was going for the last feisty approach. I heard what you said to that single mother yesterday. For your information, I happen to be a single mom too. Well, it doesn't surprise me the way you were pounced on poor George like he was a Kodiak bear on cement. That does it. Rather stuff it. He's like all about it. I should talk to Dr. Nora before the show and pencil later. Hair pulling for later. All right. Then she looks at Nora like, this isn't over between us. If you want, I'll take this out in the street. And then Nora's like, that would hardly be fair. You'd have the home field advantage. But then Rose probably wants to get her. I'll do, I'll do that. I mean, as much as I bet you she is in this show, she has some great lights and that's oh, her best really one. Does. Like, hardly be fair. You're the home field event. That one now seemed like a... It, it, it almost came like an early season Niles insult towards mm, Rose. Mm. You know, like, or maybe even to the point that I was like, maybe even, you think Niles wouldn't even go that far. He was like, he's the one who said her bedroom was easier to get into than a community college. <laughs> and Fraser's like, I don't even know where to begin. Save it. Whatever it is, I've already heard it. Dr. Nora is mean. Dr. Nora hurts people's feelings. Well, too bad. I'm not here to coddle people. I'm here to help them. Oh, really? Just how how were you helping that poor, confused bisexual woman by calling her an equal opportunity slut? <laughs> you know, the worst thing about this is how you misrepresent yourself to get this job. You're hardly one to question my ethics. We both know you hired me because you hoped I might sleep with you. That, that never occurred to me. Now who's lying? You won't admit that, like most men, you leave all major decisions to your penis. Fortunately for Seattle, your penis Joe's right. It just didn't know why. Yes, well, you're forgetting one thing, Dr. Nero. You're here on my recommendation. You may consider it withdrawn. Which always by bringing Kenny comes in. Yeah. Kenny, there's something I wanted to say. Dr. Nero. Hey, Dr. Nero. Don't hit me. <laughs> I want to talk to you about Dr. Nero's show. Like, well, get in line. The switchboards have been lining up. I have no doubt. And then Kenny goes, they love you. What? Well, apart from the ones that hate you. Yeah. 
And then George's like, 10 seconds. He's like, thank you, Kenny. Now get him in my booth. I busy tells her our options. I've been picked up. And he's like, hey, you serious about hiring this one full time? There's one behind the microphone. They're putting typhoid, me- typhoid Mary in a kissing booth. I'm sorry, Doc. Ratings are ratings. And it's tough. Like, I don't know. My name is Tom. I think my co-worker is driving, has co-workers driving me out the wall. What can I do about it? Not one thing, Tom. And then she looks up at Frazier and she's like, not one goddamn thing. And then in the next scene, you know, I had one go to Denise for an interview. She's like, nothing I ever do is good enough for her. I baked her a cake for her birthday. She said it tastes like soda. I know she's my mother, but sometimes I feel like shutting her up my life. Then Frazier's like, oh, Denise. Burning bridges solves nothing. I'd like to suggest that you seek family counseling to help you and your mother get to the root of some of these issues. Provided your mother's willing to cooperate. If not, perhaps individual counseling would help. Will you stay on the line so Roz can give you some numbers? Hmm. And then Denise is like, okay, thank you, Dr. Crane. And the whole time, Dr. Nora is, is like through the window. <laughs> My pleasure. And he looks over with, well, I see that class either Dr. Nora disagrees with me, or she's just eating a bad clam. <laughs> I'm sure you tell you about when the Dr. Nora show begins right after the traffic report from Chopper Dave. And then hear Roy's on the phone talking to Denise. Okay, Denise, got some numbers for you. Do you have a pen? He's like, come on. Why don't you get out of here before they, the trainer shows up with a bucket of mice for her pre-show feeding? And then, and the other bit, Nora immediately hits the on air button. She's like, sorry to cuff you off, Chopper Dave, but we have a therapy emergency. Denise, are you still on? Yes. Then she's like, that's my collar. Denise, I want you to ignore everything Dr. Crane just told you. I know a lot more about Mullers than he does. And here's a fact one. They don't change. Cut this woman out of your life. I don't believe this. And then she's like, so you don't think counseling? And then she gets like, and She's oh. like, Denise, when you have a tumor, what do you do? Do you sit it down and say, hey, tumor, let's get along, okay? No, you take a knife and you cut it out. Well, Denise, your mother is a tumor. My heart bleeds for you because I've been there. And I know how hard it is to look at your own mother's face and say, bye, bye, you toxic harpy. You're not hurting me again. But that is what you have to do. I think you may be right. I'm always right. And you know what else? I bet your cake was yummy. God bless, honey. Who's next? And then Troy goes, We have Fraser from here. <laughs> he looks so confused as he says that. Fraser's like, How dare you ambush Denise that way? Oh, well, what a surprise. I dare to give one of Fraser's callers a second opinion. And what does Fraser say? And they play a sound effect for Baby Crying. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, sound effects. Therapist's best friend. You realize your week that was completely unprofessional. Please call my show. She didn't ask for your opinion. And I didn't ask for yours. This kid exits back to you, Chopper Dave. She cut me off. I mean, that's so uh, that we don't like each other. We're going to coexist here. So why don't we agree? You won't criticize me. I won't criticize you. Do we have any old? She's like, no. What? No, I will undermine you every chance I get because you, Dr. Crane, are a dangerous man. I am dangerous? Yes, Seattle's great enabler. You tell tramps and fornicators that the problem is low self-esteem. They should have low self-esteem. They're going to hell. <laughs> well, they should have low self-esteem. They're going to hell. <laughs> and then it's like five seconds. Or five. If it's war, you two up. It's war, you'll get. Right, Roz? And then she's leaning that George. You don't actually believe in this no sex stuff of hers, do you? George, like, yeah. Well, it's war. And she starts like... <laughs> and next, the feeder, feeder effect comes up. It says... M is for the many ways I'd mean. 
And <laughs> <laughs> Ailes comes in the bar and he's greeted by Martin and goes, Hey Dad, you probably noticed I shaved my moustache. <laughs> I decided a better way to change my look was to pump some iron. What, did you go to the gym? I certainly did. I started the minute my I start the minute my weight belt gets back from the monogrammers. Oh, there's a bit here that nails and might have a couple of lights together. Yeah. That's my favourite part of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and then Daphne comes in for the elevator comes in. Fraser says Oh Fraser, are you free for doing us? Oh, oh I suppose so yes. Then at that point Daphne comes in and Rose quickly falls behind her Daphne's carrying some laundry to There's a look who I bumped into on the elevator. Mm. And she goes, she's and Rose says, I've been on the phone all day digging up dirt and doesn't her and you will not believe what I found. And you're like, really? And she's like, I called the station where she used to work and I couldn't wait to ditch her. Opens if I open, she's like, for stars, she has no medical degree. What? Her doctorate is in physical education. Hey, Phaedra, can I do the Phaedra nails bit, please? You can do the Martin bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's a gym teacher. Like, I don't know who's daddy why they're like, like, like yes I've got like yeah, she's a gym N- teacher and like, Niles is like get, get it, get it. Oh, yeah, yeah you can do it you can do the Martin but like, he said she's a gym teacher and there's about what the Niles stands and goes wouldn't mind be the fat kid in that gym class or the boy in a monogram weight belt <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, it's I, the way it looks it looks away like, or the boy in a monogram weight belt but like Martin kind of laughs for a second but then um, <laughs> Then remember what Niles did earlier on, and then she sees it through that end. But it's like, <laughs> I'd forgot about that lady. Like, like she's a gym teacher. And I was bidding Ross to see her, but then just Niles got caught me off by, 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 off guard, and I, I laughed very loudly at this. When I might be the fat kid in that class. <laughs> or the boy in the monogram weight belt. Shepard's <laughs> heels. But, uh, <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah, it's not even the half of it, you know? This, look, her name is even Fairchild, it's Mulher, and Little Miss Family Values. It's two divorced spider and an affair of the married man. Tomorrow, I'm going to drop this little bombshell to start my show and end hers. And Mulher's like, you know, Fraser, when I was on the fourth, I went to this few with a little guy called Charlie Drucker. And believe me, it was not worth it. Sorry, he make a, he made, I made a joke about his chest. And then Daphne's like, his chest? Yeah, he was a heavy guy here, those, you know, we call man bosoms. <laughs> So you heard about bosoms. You heard about, and then he wrote some stuff about me on the men's room wall, and I should have let call it quits there, but you know his name being Drucker brought out the poet in me. <laughs> then it got worse and worse, and we both just looked like idiots. Then Fraser's like, "Well, Dad, I don't intend to get into feud with her. I just want to get her off the air." Then Niles goes, "Yeah, but if you attack her right there, and you just send you to her level." And then Fraser's like, "You know, Roz, maybe we're right. I mean, look at what this woman has reduced me to already." Trading barbs, yelling over the air? Now I'm spreading rumors about her? Is this any way for a psychiatrist to deal with conflict? And then Roz is like, don't you wimp out on me. Yeah, you go, now Roz, just think about it. There may be a better way. You know, Dr. Nora is clearly a damaged and angry woman. Maybe I could find out what's at the root of that anger and help her. Also providing, like, proving that my method of therapy is the more valid one. Why are you doing this to me? Look at, when you have a tumor. <laughs> Ross, stop it. You know, Nails go, you know, you want to analyze, you might want to start with the whole mother thing. I caught her show yesterday. It certainly seemed to be a hot button issue. Yes, it did, didn't it? 
It's been estranged for years, you know. Perhaps we could find the woman and discover what caused this rift between them. Maybe even cause a reconciliation. Of course, it won't be easy. We don't even know the woman's still alive. Then, that was just one larger. Yeah, all sorts of things could have happened. Woman of her age, and we could have had a heart attack or a stroke. Ex- Dead Frizzle, exactly. Daphne's continuing cheering. So she could be hit by a bus as she's coming out of a pub. Or fall asleep smoking a cigarette and be burned to a crisp right there in a smelly bed. Oh. Or she could fall off a ferry and be pulled down under the water. Or the roar of the waves drowning out her cries for help until no one could hear that shrill voice of hers, not ever again. Well, well done with me, Dax. <laughs> <laughs> I do love the wee light bulb and the glee in her eyes. When every so often when she thinks of a new one. My favourite... Oh, my oh favorite. fall asleep. Oh, uh, did fall off a ferry. That's my favourite bit of that whole monologue where she's like... Or is it the bit where she's like... I'll fall asleep smoking a cigarette and be burned to a crisp light right there in a smelly bed. Or she could fall off a ferry and be pulled down under the water. The roar of the waves drowning out her cries for help until no one could hear that shrill voice of hers, not ever again. Well, I'm all done with me darks. And then she leaves and everyone just kind of, like, doesn't know what to really say. Yeah, we're all like, fuck, don't mess with her. And then Nora's on the on the phone with a caller. Listen to me, you should be shining this woman and not rewarding her with gifts. A baby shower, right? I'm with mother, I've heard it all. Who's next? Yeah, Roz, Roz, did her mother get here all right? Yes, but I'm begging you, you try to stick that thing's heart right now. <laughs> Roz, Roz, please, trust me. My way is better. Get in here. Oh, uh, also, she was uh, the woman who plays her mother was actually a guest call in a previous episode. Guess who's coming to breakfast? Yes, who, guess who's coming to breakfast, which I believe would be a season one episode where. Uh, well, that was the one where Martin had his first date yeah. in the show, wasn't it? Well, yeah, Fraser made a mistake of like mentioning it on the air. Was that before the, the telescope woman? That was before the telescope woman, yeah. Right, we never yeah. saw the telescope woman. No, no, we never seen the telescope woman. Well, like, that's the thing with Martin there, like. Also, we can talk about Fraser and people who should have ended up with. And I know you say with different people about Daphne and, and Niles who they should have, other people they should have ended up with. But people don't really talk about Martin. Like, the woman from that guest who's coming to breakfast episode, and then the woman who we never saw. Like, those are two ones I would have loved to see explored a bit more. I, I, I don't know if I'm, like, in the majority here. I would have liked to have seen them stay with Isla Sherry or Nora Winston. Because I thought Cam's mother was oh, very, yeah. very, very cute with him. Cam Winston. <laughs> Sorry, I just love when he says that. <laughs> but, uh, I like to see him stay oh, with Cora. That's one of the things in the later seasons that we'll, we'll enjoy when we talk about it. Cam Winston. Yeah. Uh, if, if that's what mine is, what does that make yours? Bigger. <laughs> then they meet... Uh, Norris Mallory. Ah, Mrs. Mallory, I'm Dr. Fraser Crane. It's such a pleasure to meet you. Oh, Dr. Crane, I can't thank you enough for finding me and bringing me here. Oh, I was so moved by your story. It's a joy for, a joy for me. For 20 years, I wondered where my little girl was and if I'd ever see her again. And I was like, what did you fight about to begin with? Oh, I blame myself. I thought the man she wanted to marry wasn't good enough for her, so she eloped. I've been so afraid that emphysema would finish me before I could ask her forgiveness and tell her I love her. Raises all choked up like, well, tell her you shall, Ross. And then Rora and Rora, forget couples there, but Alison, he's a loser. If you don't drop him right now, you'll deserve every little bit of misery you can. God bless me. <laughs> Who's next? And then we have Fraser on line one. Fraser, you want to yell at me for that last call? 
No, although I do believe that his gifted therapists can help two people by side their iron heal the differences between them. And she's like, blah, blah, blah. I have someone here with me today. Someone you haven't seen for quite a while. Something she'd like to tell you. Something she's wanted to tell you for a very, very long time. And then, and then, and then she comes into the list and the first thing she says, You little whore! You mother! So, you thought you could run away from me, did you? Now you could leave me a rotten that tub with barely enough ball, enough for a ball of... Matuse. Matuse. You'll pay for that, Missy. <laughs> I was wrong, Fraser. Your weight is better. She's just jumping down. She's so happy. She's <laughs> <laughs> trying to stop her. She shuts the door and like, you keep out of this. Mother. Mother, please. I'm doing my show. Oh, yes, you little miss. Perfect now, aren't you? Telling everyone how wicked they are. Well, they should hear about your past. Here comes to the other tours. Yeah, and he's like, Mrs. Mulhern, please! He shoves them back here, like, The shame you brought on me, you ungrateful tramp. And Nora, and I feel horrible for her here. She's crying. She's like, Mother, please, I'm a good girl now. Oh, please. Yeah, how oh, you were paid, paid to leave town by that nice boy's family, which I'm assuming is the married man. Uh, and then Fraser's like, For God's sakes, Nora, go to commercial. Mm. And then Nora's like, There, Seattle. Now you know what I mean when I say there are some people you just don't need in your life. Help me out, George. And then she's like, what are they paying you? I want my cut. And then Nora, and I, like I say, I feel bad. She's like, I knew you hated me, but I just can't believe you could be so cruel. She sounded, she sounded wonderful on the phone. And she's banging on the, yeah, the, the glass. I want $50 now. How many times will I have to move before I'm finally three of her? And he's like, Fraser's like, Nora, I'm sorry. She's like, you owe me, Missy, I gave you a life. And then Nora, as it says in the transcript, Nora screams like a mad woman. George <laughs> runs out after them. And Rosie has <sighs> Fraser, we got dead air. And Fraser runs in, but see on air, but yeah. he's, uh, this is Dr. Fraser Cray, and I'm, I'm sure Dr. Nora's sister will join me, hoping that she and her mother can resolve her differences very soon. See you off for your bumpy start, and then it's just a scream. <laughs> as she's been chased around by her mother. But at least the kit lines of communication are open. Hmm. And then that cuts to the credits where Daphne's like. Uh, she's tenderizing a state where Malik and Tolton were marsh. You can assume it's her mum, but by her annoyed, she looks at her. It's the calls going on, uh, she's hitting it, hitting it, hitting it. As soon as she hangs up, she battles a piss out with steak. Oh, but I do, I do love, like, again, both how both the mother and the daughter. Seemingly filled Fraser. Oh probably. yeah, yeah. And then before this, first fusion on their true motivations, and just, <laughs> I love Rose was so annoyed about Fraser's plan, and then when it goes away, does like you're right, Fraser, your weight is better. Ah, <laughs> oh, so that is Doctor Doctor Nora. Uh, but what do you think of, of this episode? I personally love this episode. <laughs> I really do. Like no one's weak in this episode. The guest, the guest people in it, with main cat, no one's weak. This is a fantastic episode. By default, you by default you have to say I think maybe that the weakest was Kenny because Kenny only served to really. Well, Kenny was there. His main purpose was to basically when Fraser was right there, about to about to basically pull his recommendation, thinking that will have all the sweet be so Fraser like nah, like she's too popular. No, she's too divisive. We love that kind of thing on there yeah, basically. Right. 
and so they won't keep it on. But that's not staying about because, like, even our producer has stuff to say. Like, the way he goes, "We have Fraser from here," and how confused <laughs> he seems when he has to say that. Totally. Niles and Martin get some proper lines in. We get to see again on the last few times we really get to see properly mad. Daphne, and mm. honestly, when we get to meet our mother in later seasons, we realise like just why this woman could drive somebody so right in the bend. I liked her more. I know, but she, she's not the easiest woman to, to live with, you just said. Do, do you know, honestly, as well, the thing that's been really bugging me recently in reading Fraser comments, mm-hmm. why does everyone hate Simon? Maybe because he was around longer than he needed to be. I liked Simon. Yeah, you've got an Australian actor trying to sound like he's Cockney, even though he's maybe from Manchester. Look, he sounded good. I liked Simon. I loved when we met all the other brothers, and like Richard E. Grant and, and Robbie Coltrane Robbie were among Coltrane. them as well. I loved Robbie Coltrane. But like, oh, 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 oh. Well, probably because he, like, he didn't want to have to actually do an English accent, did big Scottish yeah. Robbie Coltrane. And R- Richard E. Grant, man, he's just... Random. <laughs> we were watching a film all day he was in and it took me a while to realise I was like that's Richard D. Grant <laughs> and then I turned around to Brian and I was like you know he wears two watches don't you <laughs> and he was like aye and I was like aye he wears, he wears one set the British time and one set the, the time of his <laughs> birthplace yeah. I read that but he wears two watches where was he born oh, I, I read it yeah. like a moon moon's time ago you know what I mean it was, it was but he wears two two watches set to different times. But like, I think we should do like more list kind of things related to like different aspects of Fraser. I already on Christmas one that was ages ago. But I said the worst already. I think another one is guest episode, guest appearances, like mm. one off characters. I think you got to do one off characters a separate thing from like we like reoccurring characters. And I think if you're doing best one off characters, Doctor Nor would have to be when it oh. had to be on the list somewhere. Oh yes, yes. Yes, and I think we're getting, you know you were talking earlier about doing a worst list? Yeah. I think overall, and I've got to say one of the worst, like, I mean, I know she was seen like twice or something, I think. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but Dr. Mary? Yeah, she was twice, because she had the Dr. Mary episode, and then there was a Christmas special where Fraser was... Yeah, one to do with thing. But uh, yeah, I prefer I much prefer Doctor Nora to Doctor Mary because not... at least Doctor, I know they real she's a gym teacher, but she is more crowned to being a doctor than Doctor Mary did. Yeah, I got. I mean, I did not like. I did not mind, you know, um, Doctor Mary's character. She seemed fun. One well, my favorite Doctor Mary lines is uh, my grandpa will say, "If a shoe don't fit you, that ain't your shoe." I love that. <laughs> anyway, oh God. If the shoe don't fit you, then that ain't your shoe. I love Wayne's face. You're like, my God. I'm quoting Grandpa Willie. <laughs> it was very, very... And, you know, you can you can slap the back of my hand if I'm wrong here, but I believe if that episode aired in the modern era, people would bitch and whine. I think... Well, because they would, they, would, they would look for the fault, find the fault, and bitch about the fault. I think... I think... I don't know. I think you can get some... Like, the way that Frasier goes right the other way when they're trying to act out, act out, and and goes right the other way was immediately assuming she thinks there's some racial context to it. Maybe some of the things that he says you wouldn't be able to change, but I still think you could still do that because he's a white man in a position of authority talking to a white woman who works for him, and he you could be 
And given someone who's as anxious as Fraser clearly is, you can be forgiven for seeing why he might think that she would assume there's a oh, racial I, thing in it. But I know that. But so that could I, I could still play the day, but I don't think certain scenes like that one with Night, I mean Nails trying to rehearse what you might say would would be written the same way. It wouldn't be written the same way because like for the simple fact that Doctor Mary was a woman of colour working for a white man. Yeah, everyone would have issue with that nowadays. I don't think, I don't think that would that would be an issue. You can still have, no, have that. It doesn't matter what colours. Yeah, that's, like, that's what I mean. That that thing in the normal mind is not an issue. That, I mean, but in the current like, sort of woke mind, it's but like everything's an issue for those people. I don't think you could do a version of this episode. Maybe like, it's not even one of your episodes. So I wouldn't be disappointed <laughs> in it. But like you know, with a few minor changes, you could still yeah, do the episode. A couple episode of tweaks. A couple of tweaks. You could still do the episode. Like you couldn't do him like. I suppose mimicking. Yeah, see, the, the accent that Fraser puts on saying the word madly, and even Niles says to him, that's like, that's not going to be how, that's not going to be how it plays what out. Was it, what and he's like, oh, so I should know my place, mess it. And, and she, and Niles even tries to say him, like, that's not how it's going to play out. And even when he does say it, I think he even hints to the like, I, I was worried, and then he mentions other reasons. She even, like, basically says to him, like, you're being silly about that, like, that's yeah. not. It's like, just. But the fact that she tells him, like, just be open what you think, don't be scared of, like, set like that, Yeah, I think would help this episode I th- nowadays. I think I like Dr. Mary a lot more than certain fans do. I, like, I, th- I think her character is very likeable. She's better in that episode than the Christmas episode, I think, because mm. I, I think she could have easily been a one-off character. I don't know what the need was. I think maybe for that episode they wanted to paraphrase with somebody that... Would make them uncomfortable. They wouldn't get along with, and so... They brought that one, and I don't mm. know if that's the real reason. I'd have to, you know, I don't think if anybody involved with features ever been asked or said why she was brought back for that episode. Well, yeah, see, I don't, I don't like those episodes, but I do like Doctor Mary. She's fun. She's not, she's not bad. I would, I would, I would like to hang out with Doctor Mary. <laughs> and I do love the fact that they're trying to make it easier for her by making it harder for Frasier. And that they they bring her onto the show more as an honor personality, and bring in a different woman to be the producer, and it's just them. I like her. I like and, the producer. And then it's just them arguing back and forth while Fraser sits in the middle, not being able to get a word in any space. <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> but go back if, to Doctor Norda. If the shoe don't fit you, marry your shoe. <laughs> like a cat can have kittens. A cat have, can have kittens in the oven, but that don't make them biscuits. Dear God, I'm calling Grandpa Willie. <laughs> but anyway, Doctor Nora, where, where is your thumb line for Doctor Nora? <laughs> oh no, I absolutely love Doctor Nora. She's she's cool as fuck, you know. No, that's not it. You're a whore, Jenny. <laughs> I'm not a whore. I'm a flight attendant. And this is just the like why they just they appear back. She's like, I what the, the hell did she just say? <laughs> and you thought like. Yeah, Christine Baranski, she's so deadpan about uh, it, you know, like, she's really cool. I love that, that like, her sign-off, she's got a sign-off thing when she ends call, just by, like, berating people and just going, God bless. Yeah, God bless, honey. <laughs> uh, so I give it a single thumbs up, I don't know about you. But he's gay! <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'm going oh, to single thumbs up, you say. Straight up thumbs up, it's a great, great episode, what a fun. <laughs> so then we go... <laughs> Episode 21, when a man loves two women. And I do love that, on, uh, provided by KSL78, they do give you a big block of text reminding you of when uh, Faye and Cassandra, who are the two love interests in this episode, yeah. Faye appeared, you remember, in the episode uh, Merry Christmas, Mrs. Muskowitz, where they had to briefly pretend they were Jewish. One of the, be- one of the best, in my top three Christmas specials. 
I'm t- it's fighting between that and Perspective on Christmas for my number two. Yeah. Because uh, Fraser Grinch will always be my number one. Cassandra, of course, appeared in the episode three Valentine's when Fraser was on the. He wasn't sure, was it a date? Was it a business thing? Cassandra! Yes. <laughs> and so that's led to a bunch of confusion. I love this running thing between the the, uh, <laughs> the show where the thing with Daphne and Barn preparing for breakfast and Barn goes, you know what I could go for? Some fried eggs and bacon. Here's your brand flakes. As I mentioned, this ha- when, she, when this happens, she hands them a yellow bowl. That's important for later on. But yeah. Then they do go through this being more resident seat. They both taking stuff at the fridge to both avoid not banging into each other, popping stuff on the thing. Yeah, like a perfectly played out sequence. They don't even have to look at each other. And then he like takes the thing out the, the toaster. Oh ha! And just immediately places it down, and she's already there with the plate and everything and <laughs> all the stuff. De- uh, I almost called him Dexter, by the way. Um, when Eddie comes, because I've got Dexter. So, and because the bit where she says to him, "Don't give many toast," I won't. And he still feeds them. So uh, I'm thinking, my mum feeds my dog toast all the uh, fucking don't time. Don't give him any toast. I'm not. <laughs> my mum feeds my dog a toast all the time. Mary sits there, getting bits of the paper, and it's definitely lifestyle. It's in sports, and he just throws one side of the recycling. <laughs> And then, comes, then Eddie comes out and Daphne's like, Yes, we see you, Eddie. He's got his lead in his mouth. He's got his lead in his mouth. Well, he's a creature of habit. <laughs> and then comes Fraser, like, Morning, all. It's say that. Remember that woman I went out with on Valentine's Day? And I was sure it was quite a romantic thing. Yeah, a new publicity woman at the station. Yes, Cassandra Stone. Well, I asked her out again. I said, I, I got my answer. <laughs> and Martin's like, oh, I'm sorry, Fraser. Not finished. That's the spirit. You hang in there. I do. I do love that. I mean, he seems so oh, well, sorry. I, I love Daphne. He says, you know, Doctor Crane. Someone once told one. Someone once said that long periods of absence can actually refresh the soul. Or it's like Sandra comes in in a bath. We're like, morning, everyone. He's like, yes, that someone was me, and I was full of it. Everyone, this is Cassandra. And then she's like. You must be Fraser's dad. I've heard all about you. Hey, hey, Marty Crane. <laughs> like, nice to meet you. And of course, he introduces him to Ertie's Daphne. Like, <laughs> she's like, oh, I can no, no, first he said, oh, you're so cute. I see why Fraser gets these gorgeous eyes. But anyway, well, this is Daphne, my father's home healthcare worker. And she's like, hello. Like, very dismissive and everything. <laughs> like, oh, you can Marin's all like, oh, you going to join us for breakfast? He's like, I could really go an English muffin. <laughs> and Fraser goes, well, perhaps our own English muffin could fetch that for you. And then Daphne's just like, just you old fuck cunt. She's <laughs> dead in a hole through <laughs> oh. And then he's like, or I could get it myself. And then Sandra's and just like to go get it herself anyway. And then Martin's like, way to go, Fraser. I like it. And then Daphne, gee, I wonder why. Now I say where Fraser gets those gorgeous eyes. <laughs> but there, I know we slag her for the accent she's meant to have, but... Jane Leeds weirdly does a really good American accent when she has to do that. Like she does it very typical, but she does it where like, gee, I wonder why. Gee, I can see where Fraser gets those gorgeous eyes. Well, it says in the transcripts here, Daphne's attempts at an American accent are the subject of comedy in previous episodes, like Travels with Martin, Three yeah. Dates in a Bake-Up, and The Fight Before Christmas. Yeah, yeah the, sure. <laughs> Sure. But like, she, she sounds bad after it in this episode, I'll just say that. Oh, I can, now I can see where Fraser gets those gorgeous eyes. And then Nail's gonna be like, hurry me up and get dressed, we'll lose our court. I must warn you, I am unbeatable today. Our squash bar Octavio says my backhand slice 
He says a bristle of a kiwi fruit. Well, Niles, I'm afraid we may have to reschedule today. You see, I had a date last night. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, no sense in moping around a brisk game of scotch. The best thing for you can think of a better way to lift your spirits. <laughs> At which point, because Andrew comes in, good morning. Fraser, keep thinking. <laughs> and then I do love the idea that here, the reference to Casablanca of all the coffee joints and all the towns and all the worlds. <laughs> He's a bit bumping And then features this fawning all over his day and everything telling uh, Ross about it. I tell you what, the entire evening was just pure magic. Hey there, well, I'm happy for you. You've been in a dry spell, haven't you? Oh, no, uh, that was just the calm before the storm. I assure you, now we're in the fits of full-blown love hurricane. <laughs> then she's like, it was so much easier to be around when you were horny and pathetic. That's sorry, I'm sure I'm monopolizing the conversation. What's going on with you? Well, actually, it's been a really exciting week. Of course, Alice's first birthday is this Sunday, and we're having 12 her little friends over. She loves bears, so her whole party is going to be with bear theme, party favors, bear cake. I'm going to dress up like a bear, I think, and uh, do a little bear dance. I love the features just kind of like, you can tell he's burst in a talk about himself uh, again. And then Rose like, so that's really great about you and Cassandra. Yes, we're really hitting it up, and then the point where Faith then enters the... <laughs> and she's like, Frasier? Faith. Hi. Oh, God, it's been a while. Gosh, Faye Masquiz is my first arrival on inches. And then, like, and he's like, so what have you been up to? And she's like, well, I just got back from Paris. Oh, I didn't know you gone. You didn't get my message? And then Rose goes, oh, Faye, you forgot to say, Faye called, she's going to Paris for a month. <laughs> Which I think is a nice wee way to explain uh, why we hadn't seen her since the episode uh, the Christmas episode she was in. And then Rose's like, I'm sorry. And Faye's like, well, it's great to see you. We should get together for coffee sometime. And if it's like, I loved you. Then Ross says, like, yeah, you know what? I'm about to leave. Why don't you take my chair? And she's like, oh, oh, yeah, I'm going to put some money in the mirror. And then Faye's like, oh. And Faye says, Faye says, you get a bit of money in the mirror. Oh, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Faye's like, are you doing coffee with her? Why not? Obviously, they're still interested. Yeah, I'm saying, Cassandra, for God's sake, can't take two people at once. It doesn't have to be on the same night. Although, if you're good at faking a headache and don't mind getting changed in the car. Ross. <laughs> Well, did you tell Cassandra that you were going to be exclusive to her? Well, no. So then you're just dating. Relax, it's supposed to be fun. See where it takes you. Well, that's sort of lifestyle is hard for some people, but I'm more of a one-woman man. Effect. Okay, suit yourself. Keep it platonic. Oh, that's easy for you to say. How do you tell someone you're attracted to who can't sleep with <laughs> them? I, I guess you just say... Just say, I'll ask around. <laughs> <laughs> one of those, one of those few rise sleeping around jokes uh, you can still do at this point. I guess you could just say, I'll ask around. Even if she wasn't, you know, as much as she was, the idea is that's also a joke saying is that like someone like Ross is they like never had to have that conversation because basically men want to sleep with her. But uh, then we have the we have the whole Martin and Dad thing, you know. Like, you know, I feel, I feel like this morning, some French toast and sausage patties. Eat your bread and flakes. Oh, fine. He goes through the exact same thing. Like, you're not giving him any toast, are you? Of no. course. And then, Fraser comes in, more early. And here you come in, I think, you have a date. And then, Fraser comes up holding two, two coffee mugs. Well, I guess that answers that. Well, he's, uh, he's up there, because he's a great girl. Now, women like her don't come along every day. 
<laughs> At which point Faye comes in, which I love down and runs like, no, they certainly do not. Yeah. They definitely remember Faye. Faye's like, Hi, Martin, it's good to see you again. Yeah, yeah, likewise. And Daphne, you look gorgeous. Did you get your hair cut since the last time I saw you? And Daphne's like, she's all overwhelmed. She's like, well, yes, I did. Can I fix you some breakfast? Well, there's a pause, like, oh, yes, I did. Can I fix you some breakfast? This is a case of, like, he's between two women and not hard to figure out which one Daphne and Martin mm. side with. But Faye's like, I really have to run. I'm running late. I still have to call my friend at the museum to get tickets for that Surat exhibit. I just hope it's not sold out. Well, if it is, okay, so we're up, so we're up. I couldn't <laughs> yeah. get to that with a straight face. That was funny on the first time. Yeah. And <laughs> then uh, Marin's like, well, how many good stands are? Obviously, you don't dump someone better. I haven't dumped anyone. What? You mean you dated both of them? I didn't intend to. I just uh, I ran to Faye yesterday, you know. I wanted to, I was about to tell about Cassandra, but we were enjoying coffee so much that coffee turned into dinner, and dinner turned into drinks, and drinks turned into, well, coffee again. <laughs> Then the doorbell goes, completely forgot my mind. I love this little sequence here. Oh, totally. I, I forgot my squat, my squat day with nap. Don't be angry with me for still being in my robe. Opens the door, it's it, Oh, God, I won't. I wish I were in mine. Oh. What a surprise. <laughs> so I got about pastries, like, which is also, which is also a nice gesture, right? It really is. Like, oh, isn't that thoughtful of you? Like, I'm Martin, Dixie. Oh. <laughs> Oh, do you know what? That's the thing, right? Unless he's the last season, I really, really, really like Daphne in. <laughs> so at that point, I'm like, damn it, Cassandra. <laughs> you know, I'm like, already only like you just a wee bit. She's so dismissive. Yeah. Thank you. But, uh, <laughs> like, you know, I love staying chair, but I only try to push it back to her. But you know, I got to pick up my brother for a game of squash and at point now just strolls out. Morning all. <laughs> Isn't that a time there? You know, I still gotta get dressed anyway. You know, I'll see you back at the station, like, oh, okay, but I just need to use the powder room. She goes in and everybody's just like, oh, this is a disaster. What is And then Faye comes out and she's like, hi, Niles. Oh, oh, I'm at speed. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the, like, they've been through a fair few shenanigans, we'll see, at this point in the series that. Now it's still confused, doesn't know what happened. As soon as Faye goes in, oh, I'm at speed. Yeah. And then, fucking, uh, Faye's like, morning. And then Faye's like, well, I guess I'll just be. And then Faye's like, shh. He's like, she's like, what? We've just noticed there's a nest of baby hummingbirds on the balcony. We're trying not to disturb them. Hummingbirds made it to a 194? Yes, well, they're Himalayan mountain hummers. Uh-huh. Very rare. Bye bye. And they okay, all. I'll see you later, Faye. They're, they're all like facing everything, and she goes to the elevator, and then as soon as Cassandra then immediately comes in, the bed, like, what are you doing there? Well, just standing guard near the door. You know, it's broken. Sometimes dad just wanders, and then Marcus was like, you're dragging me into this floor. <laughs> I love how this is here. Cassandra glances at Martin, who looks mad, while Daphne looks smug. Probably <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I. Doesn't think about your gorgeous eyes now, does she? Aye. Right. And then... Uh, <laughs> just like, well, I know you've got your games, so I'll just get out of your hair. And then he goes, oh, well, Fraser kind of looking through the scene, Faye still waiting for the other, doesn't <laughs> want them to run into each other. Because obviously, if Faye's given her thoughts, she'll be suspicious if another woman just randomly appears. And they're just like, oh, you're not going to leave that a hug first? And then he can spin around so he can still look through the, the people. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, you're just so hard to say goodbye to. 
Stretchy season over. Right, cheer on now. <laughs> then Niles got any more hiding in the ground. Oh, Hef. <laughs> and you know, you talked about the line in the last episode we covered. Yeah. I love that line. Got uh, any more in the ground. Hef. I still think that the, uh, the oh, I'm at the speed. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, the yeah, best that's one good. in the episode. <laughs> and, uh, like, for God's sake, like, as if Fraser didn't think this kind of thing would happen, being too aware, but, like, I'm just now to sort of think, okay, mate, what made me think I could chuckle? <laughs> and then Martin's like, I sure as hell don't know, you couldn't catch a balloon until you were 10. <laughs> well, thank you, Dad, that's my problem, is each of them appeals to different sides of my personality. Faith, artistic, cerebral, culture, dangerous, and passionate, fun, spontaneous. And Martin's like, well, my folks were Cassandra. And then Daphne's like, oh, you would say that. Any young woman who shows you any attention, you're ready to sign over your pension check. I think you should go for fame. <laughs> Love Mark. Oh, Faye, Faye, want some boring RC parts company. He's got nails. <laughs> 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 he's got that little nail okay, look down his dad like, well, thank you for including me, Dad. The <laughs> <laughs> Fraser, oh, my boy, I'm really torn. It feels like I can't possibly choose. And then they was like, I can have this thing. He's like, it's it's Faye, Tails, Cassandra, and Daphne. <laughs> he's like, Oh, that's the sort of thing that makes a woman feel really special. Now, everything you can flip that coin. Now, everything you can flip a coin. It's easy to keep it made that simple. And Marla, it's not simple. Chances are Niles catching that quarter about the same as you. Enough, Dad. <laughs> All right, let's go on this. It's fate, it's and Then he goes to flip it, and he like grabs it and just flips over. Like, no one that yeah, it's probably gonna fuck up here. Like, okay, and before he does, he goes, admit it. You want me to say one name more than the other? And he's like, Miles, you're right. I do. Cassandra. Miles like, Miles like, yes. And Daphne like, ah, fuck. Yeah. I was kind of like, like, I think you should have picked Faye. I was yeah. on Daphne's side. Yeah, I was gonna say like, maybe it's harder for other people. Like, I'm not saying Cassandra's bad or anything, but like, given the choice between the two of them, like, for me, like, it's obvious. Like, it's it should have been Faye. Faye, fabulous Faye. Faye. And, like, I'm annoyed how, in a few episodes, Sammy will fuck it up so spectacularly as well. Ah, <sighs> yes. Yes, indeed. It's, it's had to be fair. Anyway. Uh, and this is where they do all that. And, like, he's like, like, he's like, where you have it? And he's like, thank you, now. It's quite a relief, you know. My dad was perfectly happy before fake out, like, which is to an extent, you know, because the idea is that, you know, yeah. like he was already in my relationship, Faye kind of confused him because he'd almost forgotten about her. But anyway, like, next time I see Faye, I'll have to tell her it's over. God, I'm sorry, I'm afraid we've lost our core again. Do you mind if we reach together once more? All right, that's fine. Uh, and Marla, I got a hand to you, Faye. You know, it's a tough decision to make, but you made it. Heck, something like that can between the strawberry or grape jelly. Well, Dad, I still have my trusty quarter. Let's say heads, grape. Tails, strawberry. <laughs> he flips the way he hits himself in the heat and just tumbles back. <laughs> nearly knocking something over as he goes. I love it with Martin going like that to Daphne. He's like, gotta wonder what goes on in that squash court. <laughs> the Mark has a roll of his eyes. I was like, I should have known that. Was, so yeah, I tell you that was going to happen. Like, don't be a hero, son. You can't flip with Clay. <laughs> so then he cuts in the, uh, the apartment again. They do the whole thing like, you know, golf was mine. Big old Spanish omelet. Huge brown flakes. And then the cardboard's like, what's that? Yellow ball. Yellow ball broke in the dishwasher. Then you have another one? Afraid not. Well, red, yellow, what difference does it make? 
And then this time, you keep like bumping into each other. And they keep fucking up the sequence because of the yeah. ball being different. And then he goes, oh, hot, and just throws it. And then she's not there with the plate. Like, she's a second off and he just throws the toast on the floor. Mm. You know, they like this whole red ball thing. It's throwing everything on. Yeah, Daphne's like, you know, I think we have another yellow ball. Why don't you go and sit down? I'll fetch it for you. Okay, go sit down. And then Eddie's eating over the yellow ball. Like, yeah, back, off. Take, like, back off. I need this. Oh, we're in debt. Oh, everything all right with Fela? Then she didn't take the breakup too hard, did she? Not really. Well, I'm sure she might appreciate that she won't be alone for long. <laughs> and then Faye enters in the blue robe and she's like, Good morning, Martin. What'd I tell you? Hey, how are you? And Faye goes up and Faye's uh, like, Oh, nothing is incredible or anything. Now comes in, Morning, girl. Oh, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Morning, all. Oh, forget, forget it. Because oh, he just doesn't mean that about turn I'll forget. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, morning, all. Oh, forget. If anyone ever wonders why, you know, between the two, Ned's my favorite character. Like th- shit, like this. Hmm. Yeah. Definitely. So you're the. Forget it. And then he goes back and comes to Captain Nervosa. I figure you're like, oh, God, I'm glad you're here. Look, I'm sorry for this morning. Really, I really end up playing an excessive game of. No, oh, like, sorry. Fraser goes, glad you're here. Look, I'm so sorry about this morning. And Niles is like, oh, 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 not at all. I end up playing an exhilarating game with Chip Emery. Oh. I won two out of three sets. And if you recall, Chip was club champion four years running. Yes, and I also recall his record count with an asterisk. The streak was interrupted by World War Two, and then Niles was ported, and he's like, "It was Korea, and you know." <laughs> uh, and he goes, "My usual, please." Niles like, "So why was Faye at your apartment this morning?" Well, actually, I made the most terrible mistake last night. I was prepared to break things off, and suddenly, we this marvelous conversation about architecture. Just on she to test the Biblo Art Museum, which is I do. And you almost let her go. That's up there with the when he mentions their depressed phrase and then mentions like a symphony and Martin Nails just goes And, and you, you left, left him, him alone <laughs> <laughs> Niles, I'm cleaning it. If I was going to kill myself I would choose a method better than broiling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh Cassandra is wonderful one but you know, and I have a deeper connection. See he's making the right decision. To be yes, fair fair, she was the first to Plant her flag on Terror Fraser. And then, they were like, sorry to think Napoleon had a Fraser complex. And then Andrew, like, oh, I asked her for coffee. I'm going to tell her they can't see each other anymore. And like, now this is good luck. And like, thank you, thank you, Knights. And she goes, as yours, a double espresso and everything. And you know, like, I want to talk. Like, yeah. Uh, oh, just got these new promos. I got to tell you, Fraser, those new promos. Are working wonders. You're doing really well with women between the ages of 25 and 49. <laughs> well, uh, well, that's not always a good thing. I said, I wanted to talk to you about our relationship. I, I see. And she's like, I know where you're going. A serious talk. Yeah, you see, there comes time in every relationship we have to decide. I know. where Whether we're going to be exclusive or not. I've been wanting to talk to you about that too. You have? Yes, you see. I thought you should know that I've been seeing someone else. Really? Does that bother you? No, 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 actually not at all. Oh, good. Oh, oh, oh what I wanted to say is that, you know, I've been seeing this other fella. 
Um, well, how, uh, you know, like, how, how, how long have you been seeing this other fellow? Oh, not very long. You're not upset, are you? No, 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 I just wanted to see, well, uh, what does he do? He owns his own venture capital firm, although he spends most of his time racing sailboats and rebuilding trails for the Sierra Club. Oh, seems a little unfocused, doesn't he? <laughs> he didn't really pass out gracefully and he pinned stuff in his skull here. Because uh, I was like, you are upset, aren't you? No, 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 no. Really, there's no reason to be jealous of Sloan. Believe me, I'm not just jealous of Sloan. Pity a man has to go about through life with such a pretentious name like that. Fraser. <laughs> Anyway, about this promos, Cassandra, I want us to be exclusive. What? Yeah, well, I'm the guy person where I can make a decision and commit to, you know. I'm hoping you might be that sort of person, too. Frazier, touched. If you only want us to be with each other, that's great. I was supposed to see Sloane tonight, but I'm going to call him and cancel. Well, that's one fuck out we spent two night together. And then, like, oh, it's so petty from Frazier, like, I, like you were gonna break over there, uh, but in terms that you were see, he was seeing someone else, see, like, even though he's doing it as well. That's the only thing I find negatory about this episode. Phaser mm-hmm. is so petty and childish. Mm-hmm. Like he was going to make, as we both agree, the right decision, the best decision. Yeah. Nothing against Cassandra because yeah. she's cool and she's Virginia Madison and she's cool as fuck. But like I follow her on Facebook, you know. But I think in terms of long term. Yeah, these best chances with Faye. Mm-hmm. Because she uses words like jejun. Jejun. I I I believe I'm below that. I do not use words like jejun. I don't even know the word jejun means. Something classy. <laughs> well, I'm not jejun enough to use the word jejun. Jejun. of our Frasier review. But yes, we were, we were bitching on Frasier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... I, th- I find his attitude very petty and childish in this episode. That's my one criticism of this episode. It's right. Frasier. Why talk about petty and childish? When we get to the next episode? Talk about petty and childish. Yes. Ask me about my football opinions. I'd rather not. <laughs> and then I love Niles. Well, at least you took that news well. Are you insane? <laughs> <laughs> Are you insane? I know that I almost made a terrible mistake. What could possibly have happened in the last four minutes to make you change your mind again? Cassandra told me she'd seen someone else, but it awakened something in me. Oh, petty jealousy? No, the realisation that I couldn't bear to lose her. Yes, and the minute you see Faye, you reverse yourself again. No, I won't. I'll prove it to you. Cassandra is the one. I'm sure. Then, Faye's just like, denials it. Oh, her machine. Yes, Faye. Frasier, uh, listen, I won't be able to join you for dinner tonight, but perhaps you can call me later. We need to talk. And he hangs up and he's like, there, I've done it. Nothing says it's over between us. Quite like the phrase, we need to talk. Uh, you see, that was my problem, actually. I kept leaving the door open. Well, I'm proud of you, Frasier. Thank you. That's what... man is he who can learn from his mistakes. Squash tomorrow morning? Not yet, my place. See that. <laughs> and then Sandra comes back and like, well, I called him. Probably should feel good about it, but I'm just so glad for the two of us. I'm ecstatic. Ah, uh, I know, cute little bit of America can go to this weekend. Oh, really? And, and she starts talking, but then she's trying to bite and hear like, Frazier's internal monologue. Uh. What a relief. I have made a nice choice. 
Oh, here, I found an angel. An angel who wears an awful lot of makeup. I've never noticed that before. But he doesn't paint her face like that. And then Cassandra's like, like cuts into her yeah. talking to her and she's like, And they have the cutest little four-poster beds in each room. That sounds lovely, Combat Tease and Termola. She says we're cute a lot. I'm cute. This cafe is cute. And the bed is cute. They used the word last night. <laughs> oh, you know, I meant to tell you, I really liked how you handled that nasty collar yesterday. It was such a clever way. God, all she talks about is work, work, work. And now, all I'm running, I'll see you before. That work. And that work. I feel trapped. I can't breathe. <laughs> Wait. What are you doing? It's just your fear of talking. She's a wonderful one. She's the one. She's perfect. And then Cassandra's like, and then I ran into Roz after the show and she told me the cutest little story. Like, Cassandra, we need to talk. <laughs> oh, I feel and bad. I've got, I've got to say, that was really cruel. I know, they think that with Faye, I mean, they don't break up, but like, Faye, immediately, as soon as they make a decision, all you can think of is the negatives about them. No, but that's the thing, like, it, it gets jealous. That's what it's childish yeah. jealousy. So he immediately jumps, like, Oh, this is mine. Like, no, you can't have it. You can't have it. I'm dating this. Yeah. And then he gets with her and then starts internally criticizing the woman. I know. And then, like, so she goes and she's happy and breaks up with her guy guy to be exclusively Frasier. And I've got to say, I've never, ever, ever understood the American concept of dating. But there you go. How do you mean? Well, you know the whole thing, like, if you're dating. Well, and you can date more than one person. Well, yeah. But that, that's always confuddled me because in my mind, if you're dating, you are exclusive. You are from that point exclusively dating a person. You are only you're only playing the field when you are not dating someone. I I can see where you're coming from. Though. You know, like if you just and for what a better way of putting it, when you're just you know playing the field. If you say, I think it gets to a point where if you're spending a certain number of time, amount of time with somebody, then you're dating then that you're person. Da- then you're dating. If you see them more than a certain amount of days, like and a like short distance, like like in a week, like more than like some other people you're quote unquote seeing, then really, see, really you you really know where you want yeah, to be, and they're see, just kind of admit it yet. Generally, if if you're going on dates with people or with a person, and you're sleeping with the person. Mm. And you're introducing that person to your family. Yeah. You're dating that person. Well, I don't think if you're playing the field, you get to the point where you introduce one of them to your family because you. Just, I think it's just a case of Fraser is already living with family. Yeah. That they have to see these people. But if you you're but here if you're introducing somebody to your your folks and everything, don't know I say folks, but your your mum and dad or your family or whatever. Yes. You're. Uh, then by this point you've already made the decision. Whereas, like you said, in stuff like in situations like you see on TV, like with Fraser and that, <clears throat> Fraser already loves with his family, so that's why people he's with have already met him. Yeah, but you know what I mean. You know, if you're if you're getting to that point in a relationship when you are, yeah, you are exclusive in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it takes. It depends on how much time you actually spend with this person, whether you're casual or you're not exclusive, or you are. <laughs> Because you might be seeing it more than another person, but that person might not be. But you never know if they actually think that they are dating you either. Yeah. It, it's really hard to know like, where you, it's at, which is why sometimes you do need to have the conversation that he's having with Cassandra. The relationship world is a complicated and cunty place. It's, it's far too complicated, in my opinion. It really is. Like, 
Can I use the example of... No, no, I shouldn't. Well, I can, I can see. I was going to use an example that involved my brother and and has no has no fiance, but he no, probably but, wouldn't appreciate it. Yeah, even though he's not going to listen to this, but it's not in a negative way. It's a case of like knowing when you're seeing somebody, when you are and aren't dating somebody. Yeah, but you know, like I, it, it worked out positively for those two. I started, you know, you know, getting getting it on with the chick at the bottom of Buchanan Street. And by the top of Buchanan Street, she decided she wasn't interested. That was after snogging the face off me all the way up the street. She's like, I've gotten as much time as I can get out of this person. Like, I wasted too much of it walking up the street. I must go now. Yeah. I have was... to go now. My planet needs me. Yeah, and I was like, oh, well, fair enough. <laughs> you, I mean, I mean, you missed out, woman. I mean, you got a fair amount of snogging going up the street, but aren't you happier with Brian, though? I am. I am. See, that's what I mean. I am exclusively dating. I mean, I'm, I'm, I have, I have. I mean, I mean, I don't think you need to question whether you're exclusive or not when he gives you a ring. To be fair. Yeah. I mean, once you're at that point, you're well and truly past the exclusive. exclusive yeah, I, th- thing. I, th- I think we're exclusive. It's a mute point at that point. But even when I was a young sort, you know. <laughs> yeah. When I back in my day. Back in my day, we knew what dating was. We go to the pub and no pay hand over fist for pints. And Nichols had pictures of bumblebees on <laughs> Which was the style at the time. Give me two bees for a nickel, you'd say. Fuck you, later. Shall we get back to the yes, show? Yes, we shall. So Fraser goes to meet Faye at her apartment. And like, oh, we need to talk, you know. I got your message. I thought you couldn't see me tonight. Yes, well, I... Just had some unfinished business with the promotions department, but that's all done now. <laughs> well, I wish you would call that would put some on. She's got this very like tie dye t shirt on and she wears jeans. To say, I fucking love her t shirt. It's not a bad shirt. I used to have a t shirt like that. No, it's a lack of guests, but that's the. Yeah, I used to have one like that. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I still did. And be just like, no, 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 you, you look beautiful. I want to talk about us. What? You know, I want to take our relationship to the next level. I want just to be with you. Wow, I, I'm a little surprised. You said we need to talk on the machine, and you know, that usually means it's over. Really? I had no idea. Well, this is wonderful. Hey, how are you anything like that? Just you and me, Carl. This is exhilarating. Well, this is turning out to be the best day ever because, well, okay, Chris McKenna, the restaurant critic, he comes over to the restaurant this morning and... I go back to read his monologue and like, what is she thinking on that ridiculous shirt? Asshole. Tida? Stop it, Richard. You can't keep doing this to yourself. No, there's nothing more than you naturally panic and I'm finally making your choice. And it goes back to Faye. And it turned out that the printer had messed up and the menu said flab instead of flam. This is precious. That is precious. She is. Yeah, she is precious. My Faye. Faye is in favorite. favorite. It's so much better than I realised. What was I thinking about the whole relationship and nitpicking? But it's clear sailing now. Well, enough about me. How was your day? Oh, uh, it certainly ended well. But, you know, something did find, I mean, did find it happen at the <laughs> station during the second hour of my show. Like, <laughs> in phase in her monologue, she's like, Oh, my God, he really does love to talk about himself. Is that another new pair of shoes? He's got more shoes than I do. And then she decides... Sensibly, not to nitpick. Best not to nitpick and laughs at his joke. 
<laughs> during the, the credits, you know, Eddie uh, is not touching his water because it's in the Red Bull and Martin's using the the yellow ball. So Daffy just steals the yellow ball from Martin <laughs> and gives it back to Eddie. And that is the end of uh, When a Man Loves Two Women. But Fraser, at this point in time, has made the right choice and he is with Faye. Yes, at this point in time. At this point in time. Because he is with he is with the woman who is <laughs> I like that word. The more cider I drink, I like that word. I wonder why. <laughs> but <laughs> but anyway, we we love Faye. We we like Cassandra, but not as much as Faye. We but we appreciate Cassandra. We appreciate Cassandra. But yes. we we like Faye more. Yes. Uh, we're not quite as vehemently against Cassandra as Daphne is, but we we appreciate her. But Paul, what do we think of the episode itself in terms of a rating? Uh, as I said, I'm, I will give this episode a definite thumbs up. It's a great episode. I'm very I'm very disappointed with Fraser and his neurotic nitpicking as he puts out. And is the fact that in essence he's he's playing with these two women. You know, which is not a very good look for him. No, 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 you no. You know, not a good look at all. But he has habit to do that throughout the run of the show. It has his, it's sort of like his M.O. <laughs> you know? And, let's say, both women, I hate this whole, like, oh, stacking them up against each other. Both women are cool. Yeah. You know, Cassandra's cool. She's, she might not be, like, um, like... Artsy. Artsy, as Fraser likes, but she's definitely, you know, she knows her shit, and she's a cool woman. She's a pretty woman. You know? And Faye is artsy. She's a, a chef. She likes art. You know, the problem is, both women have qualities that Fraser is enamoured to. So if both women could be, you know, if all those qualities could be in one woman, uh-huh. perfect. Exactly. So, yeah, I'd give it a single thumbs up as well. Uh, again, love Faye and everything. Yeah. Some of my Fraser's worst qualities were coming out during that nitpicking bit. But Would you date Faye? Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, I'm not as artsy as her, but she seems like she, she'd be cool. Uh, within. Yeah. Plus, she's a chef. That's cool. I lo- Do you know? I love that thinking. She's cool. She is cool. I mean, she's a chef. That'd be interesting. She's pretty. She's a chef. She likes art. Mm-hmm. She likes I don't tie-dye. Know, I don't, I don't know, yeah, I don't know a lot about art, but she might be help, me, help me understand it better. And she doesn't seem like the kind of person who likes art who would be all... Cunty cool. about it. Yes. Yeah, she, she'd be kind of cool about it and like... If you didn't want to talk about RCB Birth, like, okay, we don't have to talk about, we can talk about something else. Yeah, we will talk about something that makes us both joyous. Of course. Like tie-dye. <laughs> tie-dye. Yeah, tie-dye. Yeah. Do you like tie-dye? Sorry. Hell yeah, tie-dye. I don't have anything that's tie-dye, but I wouldn't mind tie-dye. Okay, for your birthday, I will get you tie-dye. My birthday next month. <laughs> I will get you a Seth Rollins-style tie-dye suit. <laughs> With some, of, with some of those winkle pickle winkle picker shoes he seems w- to like winkle pinkle shoes I'm a little I'm a little sidered come on <laughs> maybe uh, please give me something for my birthday don't make that your first option please Lou. you don't want a tie-dye suit and winkle picker shoes no you can't even pronounce the shoes that you want to get winkle pickle <laughs> <laughs> oh for god's sake but anyway we're on to the final episode that we're talking about Visions of Daphne, which is episode 22. And weirdly, like, even though he's referenced quite often when he's not around, yeah. only the third episode that Donnie actually appears on screen. That is... He, he appeared in two episodes back-to-back, and the one where he was uh, Nails' lawyer and everything, to yeah. tell the truth, and then he was in Decoys, the following episode. So 
only start every episode, but we've been a quick bit in the booth between Frazier and Roz there with it. Frazier asked Roz, why all the catalogs? And she's like, oh, I need to buy a present. Tiffany? Cartier? Newman Marks? Yeah. He's like, does anything look good here? Uh, let's see, who could you be shopping for? That's the honey voice radio therapist whose birthday is just around the corner. <laughs> Alright, um, I had to find my yeah. my spot. I, she's like, no, this present is not for you, it's for your brother. Oh, alright, Roz, don't be coy. I think it's very smart you're fishing for hints like this. You wanted to avoid a misstep like you made last year. Well, misstep, you said you love Pasha. Yes, I said the opera. Not the porcelain crying clown figurine. Look, now let's put some strength and got Alice on the list for some really good preschool, so I thought it'd be nice to get him a gift as a thank you. Which is why I was asking for your stupid opinion in the first place, but forget it. Alright, fine. Figure it out myself. Have it your own way, that's fine, but I'll tell you what. Don't get him a porcelain polyachi. He already has one. <laughs> she throws a catalog out as he escapes in any other <laughs> side of the booth. There was white Fraser there sitting on the on the carriage reading a nice book and then Mark comes in on the other face. You'll never guess who I just saw. I remember a cup of coffee with Hank. You remember Hank. Security guard over at Weston's jewelry store. Anyway, we're in his booth, we're just shooting the reeds and looking at the surveillance monitors. Who we see behind an engagement ring but Donnie. As in Daphne and Donnie. And Fraser's like Donnie? Are you sure? Yeah, engagement rings are teenage camera. We use a zoom lens on her. Dad, I'm shocked. Oh no, it's just innocent fun. She only does that way because she knows we're looking <laughs> at her. About Danny, uh, about Daphne and Donnie. I didn't realize they were this serious. Oh yeah, they spent all that time together. This is going to crush Niles. Yeah, I know. Do you think we should tell him? No, it's not our business. We did not tell Niles, and we certainly did not tell Daphne. Yeah, Daphne. Daphne appears and hears the last bit was saying this. He's like, "Tell Daphne what? Nothing. It's bad news, isn't it? No, it's not bad news." Is it about my mum? Did they find something during a physical? They did, didn't they? I'll have to call her. No, definitely. There's definitely no news. And if there were, not to have to tell you about it. Who should tell me then? The head surgeon? A family minister? No. The mortician? I've got to pack. I hope I'm not too late. I thought die buying you an engagement ring. That's the news. Really? I don't believe it. I'm going to get married. I'm so excited. I'm going to be a missus. Mrs. Donnie Douglas. Oh, right. Mrs. Donald Ronald Douglas. Douglas. Oh, my God. I just love that Donald Ronald Douglas. Donald Ronald Douglas. What a name. (laughs) Don Ron. Don Ron. Don Ron. He's like, I guess we have to pray Niles now. He's on his way over. He's like, well, don't tell him here. I don't want to get, any, get him falling to pieces in front of Daphne. I guess I could tell him at the restaurant. Don't take him one of those fancy wine bistros you guys love. News like this calls for hard liquor, big glasses. Whatever it is, just think best to... Da- now it's just enough from Daphne to say they come in the kitchen and nails here at all. Here, what from Daphne? I'll tell you at the restaurant. No, oh, no. I don't want to wait till the, we get to the bistro. You're but, just going to have to wait. You're not going to any bistro. Oh, oh fine. Well, fine. If you won't tell me, I'll just ask Daphne myself. He's all cheating. He's like, oh, what's Daphne going to say? Like, hey, like, Dallas, wait. Julius, Daphne. And then Martin's like, Mother is dying. But, dear God. Yes. Tragic, isn't it? You know, she's going to need all the support we can give her. And Daphne goes, Oh, evening, Dr. Crane. Well, come on, come on, Niles. We don't want to lose our table. Have you had the news? I just 
did. What can I say? Oh, who I've thought about this day since I was a little girl. Sure you have. It's even better than I thought it would be. <laughs> and I was just a bit confused. Daphne's like, I can already picture the big day. Beautiful flowers. Beautiful flowers everywhere. A sea of smiling faces. And I suppose everyone will have a picture taken with the lady of the hour. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe Daphne could use a little quiet time. Oh, who could be quiet? I'm so happy. Donnie's going to ask me to marry him. Now it's going to say Marley. What? And then Donnie... Now, come the big day, you'll all sit right up in front of my family, because that's what you are to me, family. Well, that's what you are to us too, Daphne, and then, now it just doesn't know how act like, well, mm. I'm so thrilled for you. And then Daphne, oh, thank you, thank you all. <laughs> and then, I do like, there's a neat thing from how you know, seeing to all you, you guys up with the family and everything, because that's what you are to me, you know, mm. that's nice. I- I got to say, listen, explain. You know, like I always say, like David Ike Pierce has got really, really good at expressing a line before he says a line. Yeah. Martin's really good with emotional stuff because after like that segment, like Martin, he's like, "I'm so sorry, son." Yeah. Like, 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 he, John Mullen doesn't have credit for the emotional scenes. Oh, he's so good at that. Yeah. Yeah. And fucking. Yeah, yeah, R. P. John. R. P. John Mullen, fucking Martin. Woo! Isn't. Leg end. Leg end. Leg end. Not the way to say it, man. <laughs> I, know. I, know. I knew you were going to say it anyway. Leg yeah. end. That's not really nice to say. Martin had a limp. <laughs> nice. <laughs> a limping leg end. <laughs> and Fraser like, do you want to tell it? Uh, no, Fraser, you know, I'm going to cancel there. I need to be alone. Of course, Niles, but if you need me, call. Oh, and now the exit. And then Martin's like, oh, poor kid. Yeah, you know, I did, you know. Not a lot stronger than me, give him credit for. The phone rings, and he goes, Oh, I'll do that there, I'll be right there. And then he puts it down, and the phone immediately rings again. Mark picks up, hang in there, son, he's on his way. And <laughs> opens the door. The elevator doors are open, but Nails' his head is just slumped on the side there, and you can just see, you can see it as Fraser opens the door. Mm. They can't even get to the elevator without it, just basically just being so depressed about the whole situation. No, no, no. Niles, we cut to the next scene where Niles is in his office writing in his journal, yeah. and then uh, Lenot comes and he's like, yes? Yeah, because he's saying, Mr. Woodson said, this came while you were in session, it's from our brother Doyle, so just wanted to add, thank you for some sort of favour you did. And Niles, ah. Well, I'll be off. Alright, good night, Mr. Woodson. And then they're knocking the door again. Come in, Mrs. Woodson, and it turns out it's actually Daphne. She's like, I'm afraid it's me, Dr. Crane. Daphne, what are you doing here? I know I should have called first, but I need to talk to you. It's sort of a private matter. I hope we can talk here. Well, it's not really a proof of me to act as your therapist, but I personally give Lend advice, you know, as a friend, you know. Oh, what's, your, what's on your mind? Well, don't think I can marry Donnie. I think there's somebody else I'm meant to be with. And then he says to her that at the same time as a knock on the door, and then she goes in, It's Mrs. Woods. God's sake, go home! <laughs> Uh, then, <laughs> I do love her reaction to like, well, uh, alright then. Daphne's <laughs> like, I'm afraid I can't say. Okay. No, like, like well, yeah, come like, on, we're the only ones here. Are you sure you won't laugh at me? What possibly make you think I would laugh at you? Well, most people would if I told them I'd seen the love of my life in a psychic vision. Well, most people are. What? You know how I have these psychic flashes from time to time? Well, I had one last night. Oh, you had a vision about the love of your life. 
Okay, well, tell me about it. And Daphne? They supposed to deny Daphne? Omit nothing. All right. I was straightening up the living room when I had a sudden flash of a wedding ceremony for donning me. Oh, it was lovely. The church was packed to the rafters. My mum was there in a peach silk looking very smart. My brother's in the suit. You know, I may have led you down the right direction with the whole admit nothing business, but feel free to skip ahead. My father had just walked me up the altar. I was standing there facing Donnie. He looked quite natty. Black tuxedo tails, very slimming. And we're skipping. <laughs> well, when the vicar begins the ceremony, he asked if anyone had any reason why we shouldn't wed. And that's when this, well, this person stood up and said that he did. He said that he was the true love of my life and he never had the courage to say so. Oh, I feel so awkward telling you all this. Don't. I think I know who this person is. You do? Yes. I don't see how you could. I couldn't tell myself. He was standing in the shadows and I couldn't see his face. All I could make out that he was wearing a red bow tie. I don't have a clue why anyone would wear such a thing to a wedding. Although he's, he's, he's convinced that she has said it either had a vision or like clearly the description is of him so he's a bit of teller. Mm. And then she mentions the red bow tie which goes and I'm like, I don't have a, he basically I don't have a red bow tie. like, I don't have a, Cool. cool. Once you're talking, I do. I do love the thing where he said like I meant nothing, but she goes in it somewhere to tell like we'll skip ahead and we're skipping. And we're sk but she's like, heavens! I can't believe I'm talking to, about my visions to a psychiatrist. Your brother would think I was daft. And then he's like, well, Fraser's never really shared my mystical spiritual bent. And this and then she's like, this does mean I'm going to have to turn down Donnie's proposal. Do you think that would be crazy? Not at all. And you really believe in psychic visions too? I do. Thank you, Dr. Crane. That means a lot to me. Of course, I can't marry Donnie. Can't very well go on dating him. That would just be leading him on. That's very true. <laughs> Don't know how I'm going to break it off with him. If you want to write into a letter, I have a stationery and a fax machine. <laughs> no, I have to tell him to his face. What if you say that he's like, well, how am I going to tell him? He just goes up. Well, I have a stationery and a fax machine if you want to write him a letter. <laughs> Like, no, I have to tell him to his face. I do hate to let him go, though. I know it's hard, but it's the only ethical thing to do. Then she's right. Now I see why people come to you. You always point them in the right direction. Well, I'd be a poor excuse for a psychiatrist if I didn't. And, well, I'll, it... I'll be honest, the first time I've seen this episode, I, I was surprised at the emotion. I was actually angry at him. Nice. I was so pissed at him. I was like, you unethical bitch. And plus, he plus even said, like, well, what can't I be? Like, but then, like, you're not even supposed to be talking to her as a psychiatrist. You just said earlier on, like, you're supposed to talking to her as a friend. But so, as Fraser, Fraser and Martin were both pointing out, basically, like, doesn't speak to him either as a psychiatrist or as a friend the way he no, encourages he's, her to fall. There is a selfish shit. Yeah, because, like, she's clearly afraid of it, so he wants to take advantage because it. He knows it'll get done out of the way, so he can try and make his move that he, if you want to really make it, he should have made it far ages ago. Yeah, like, you know, you know, like, I often comment on how I think Fraser's behaviour on occasion is very questionable. Yes. I believe Niall's behaviour in this episode is incredibly questionable. And I do like that, <coughs> even without saying a lot, and I'll talk about more here, like... The way Fraser and Martin really properly like say to him, like, mm. you know, like, I cannot get on board. I cannot in good conscience. Like, as much as we've supported you. you through the whole, like, being annoyed at 
no death, love and death before we support you and your crush and then this isn't the way to do it and like we know you've been upset because she's with someone else and everything but like is it, especially when we talk about what Martin says so Martin doesn't say as much as Fraser, but what the things he does say do mean a hell of a lot in the way he says it how, as a father to his son basically showing basically how he disapproves of his really, actions he's he ashamed of his actions yeah. you know but yeah so he says all the other thing about me. He's like, and it comes back to the apartment and everything. And Eddie's lying outside doing. <laughs> and I'm like, what's Eddie doing? And then Martin's like, every time this cooking show comes on, he rolls over and watches upside down. He likes all the porn they do. Thinks it's funny the way the food goes up instead of down. Then Daphne comes in like, evening all. And Martin, hey Daph, Donnie called. He said he'd be here by eight. You think you popped a question tonight? I hope not. What's the matter? I decided to break up with him tonight. What? Wanted to marry him yesterday. Well, you don't have these visions from time to time. Well, don't tell me that. Don't tell Doctor Crane. Well, and then Fraser comes in like, don't tell me what. And she's like, nothing. It's my car, isn't it? It's not your bloody car. She's bringing up a die because it's some vision. I asked you not to mention that. What vision? I know you'll make fun of me, but I had a vision that I'm meant to be with another man. Who? I couldn't see his face. I don't know anything about him, he was just wearing a red bow tie. Are you seriously going to break him down because of some psychic vision? Anything that's a little unwise? Well, your brother didn't think so. Niles knows about this? Yes, he helped me to see that ending things with Donnie was my only choice. Unlike you, he believes in my visions. He knows I have a gift. And then I just love Fraser's like, face. Like, his eyes, he's telling his eyes, like, Niles knows about this? Did mm. you say, because like, he knows, like... Oh god, Niles hasn't done this, has he? Yeah, and he's like, when she says he knows I've got to give him the face, like, yes, and he's been trying to unwrap it for six years. Sell it that way. And then like, the door goes, tell me, Danny. And then Martin's like, what do you think about all this vision stuff? Oh, there's some psychological reason why she's having second thoughts. Could nothing to do with some apparition and a red bow tie. <laughs> and then over the door, and Niles is standing there wearing a red bow tie, mm. which, again, he said he didn't have one, so he's. Between however long it took her to get back to the apartment and everything, because we don't know how far away his office is, he's went out to some shop late night. And bought it. And specifically bought a red tie. Clearly, he's, you know, I think someone like Niles went somewhere far out his way so that nobody who he knows would see him buying a red bow tie. Puts it on and then goes up the stairs. He's being, not only is he being hurtful towards Daphne and Donnie, he's being hurtful, but he's being. And it really shocks me in his character arc because. It is not something that he's being wholly unethical. I think wholly only, unethical. I'm not trying to condone it, but yeah. like if I had to play devil's no devil's Devil advocate, advocate on it, to look at it because again, like again, I think the whole point is like even though they're apart and everything, and I always feel the whole like estranged people who can't be together or the world we want the kind of thing. It's always your because always feels bad. You always feel bad for the people who they. Because yeah, unless they're portrayed as an actual arsehole, yeah. then well, they're just a nice person who just happens to be in the way, unwilling, unknowingly, of two people who, you know, yeah, may yeah. be together because they don't know that. But, like, I think the whole thing is you're meant to kind of root for Niles in a way. But, like, in this episode, I think, like, again, he is rightfully called out by Fraser Niles, oh, which yeah, is what yeah. I think helps the actions that he does. But I think it's a case of, like, he even met, he almost admits in a way that he doesn't own a red bow tie, but. He's went out of his way to encourage his vision and show himself in a red bow tie because I think it's a case of like in his mind if Daphne says 
said yes or whatever to this proposal, then that would be his one and only chance. Like any chance he had of admitting it finally is gone forever, and she's out of, out of reach forever. Mm-hmm. And it's a case of like the idea of like her getting further and further away from him. He and his actions is becoming more desperate, even though he would rightfully call it Frazier from going into his ethics that he is either knowingly or not is going away from his own ethics and it takes people that he trusts the most in that he's, his brother and his father yeah. to really tell him, like, no, like I don't care if you say, tell him definitely the right thing leads her into the arms of another man. You need to be honest with her because what you're doing right now is a really shitty thing to do. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it does take that. Yeah. Like like you say, the dad and the brother talking to him, someone they, two people he obviously respects and saying, no, look, you're doing this wrong. Yeah. And like, and like, Fraser... And in the, in the transcript, when, he, when his first line is his reaction is seeing uh, Niles with the red bow tie, even says in brackets, a Paul like Fraser, like, is that annoyed at his brother? He's like, no, nah, Niles, yeah, Jackass, we take that thing off. And then Niles is like, like still thinking he's uh, getting away with it. He's like, I admit, it's a bit of a departure for me, but I'm feeling a bit kitschy today. Yes, I know, definitely telling us how you encourage her to follow her vision and dump Danny. I am astonished at your lack of integrity. And now we take that damn thing off. How do you think you'd accomplish that anyway? And he's like, I'm simply trying to nudge Daphne until he realise that he's not the only man in her vision. Mine goes, Niles. He's like, alright, takes it off, but why else would she come to me? Surely you of all people realise there's some psychological basis for these visions. Everything's a fear of some kind. Fear of intimacy, fear of commitment, fear of the winds or not, who knows? <laughs> and Daphne goes, let's not done it though. He's like, oh no, just Niles, Daphne, you know, we were just discussing these visions of yours. Look, I'm in no mood to be mocked. And then Fraser, and he's so sympathetic, yeah. he gives his tone, he's like, I'm not mocking you, Daphne. I'm just trying to influence, I'm, and I'm not trying to influence you in any way either. It's just that I was wondering, um, have these psychic warnings ever come to you before, say, at a critical juncture in a relationship? She goes, no, she goes, and then suddenly recalled it. Well, yes, actually, my first been proposed to me, and I vision tell me there was a man in bed up there, which there was, Clive. But you don't, Clive. Look, I don't really have time for this right now, and she's wandered up in the kitchen. And Fraser's like, oh yes, no fear, I can have been there. <laughs> and Nails. And he's like, it's just possible that she knew those men were wrong for her, isn't that right, Dad? And Martin's like, leave me out of this, I'm just looking for my TV guide. I could use a little support here. And then he straightens up. And this is less line is so important. Uh, this is the one I was talking about. He's like, well, maybe that's why I said to leave me out of this. I'm sorry, Niles. I want you to be happy. Run with your brother on this. And then Fraser's like, Niles, the fact is you don't know what causes these visions. And yet you still advised her to walk away from a wonderful relationship. Doesn't make you much of a psychiatrist. And he's like, that's your opinion. And then he's like, yes, well, here's a second opinion. Doesn't make much of a friend. I know, and like, in those lines, that really hits, like, especially then Martin one, because like, he is legit, we find a little looking for his TV guide, <laughs> he's looking around, he's like, don't support it, and like, Martin Nails said, like, oh, here's the support, and he basically says, like, that's why I said don't involve me in this, because like, if you're looking for me to like, back, to like, agree with your decision, or back you up in there, like, you're not going to find you because I don't agree with what no, you said. I like, agree with Fraser's opinion is on uh, this one. And like, Martin, Nail, Martin, and like Fraser says something that recalls back to what I was saying about the previous year, like whether he's there advising her as a psychiatrist, which as he even admitted he shouldn't be doing because of their personal relationship. Yeah. But even at you know, giving advice as a friend, 
any either direction you look at it, it's unethical in either mm. sense because he is leading her down a certain path that she feels like she might need to go down here because these visions are causing her second thoughts because the realisation, because you've gone from, oh, I'm going to be married to someone like, oh, I'm going to be married to this person. And There's one person. A and as, as, which is understandable for some people. They, they do have that. But a lot of people deal with that and go through it. But he's encouraging her to go through with the idea of dumping him for selfish reasons. Yeah, that's the thing. Not only is he being an unethical psychiatrist, but he's been an awful friend too. Just all over and shitty person, and to be honest with you. If he truly, like, um, this is why I, I don't like Niles in this episode, I don't like the way Niles is portrayed in this episode, because Niles himself is a very ethical yeah. and very honourable guy. And well, what happened to his nose, please? Surely his nose should be bleeding all over the place. Yeah, he should have a fucking crimson shirt, but, like, you know how you know how yeah, those I, little plot holes. Come in, come in, his red bow tie. That, red, that bow tie should have been white and then became red because his nose bleeding so much. And, come on... And the bit, the bits later on, like in the, you know, when he's being ethical and yeah. when Fraser's being ethical and yeah. having to help him with Maris and all that kind of thing. You know, when Donnie gets him his vacation home and all yeah. that. Fraser should have been covered in puke during that fucking thing. You know? Right. And then Martin just, Martin Niles walks away and then Martin goes, you should have thrown the recycling. Are you actually looking for the TV guide? Well, I had to plan my weekend. You really do have the world on a string, don't you, Dad? See, this bit in the Eddie bit line, look at the TV, I think those were inserted there, like, like we need to add a bit of levity in here, because there's a lot of serious shit going on here. We need to add these wee bits of levity, you know, make it not too heavy. Mm. Looking the same. And then Niles comes in, he does look, look, definitely. I'm thinking about our talk this afternoon now. I'm not sure I gave you the best advice, you know, perhaps what you call a vision is really a fear, a fear of commitment, let's say. I'm going to explain why you've come to you at a critical point in a relationship, you know, when these relationships turn serious. I can't tell you that Donnie is the right person for you, but I wouldn't want to end, you to end things with him for the wrong reasons. Do you understand? And she's like, trying to not cry. Like, and she's like, yeah, it's just like your brother, after all, this afternoon you were just humouring me, weren't you? No, definitely. And, to, and then she's like, Look at the idiot from Manchester. She thinks she has visions. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. There are psychological issues here that... You don't entirely appreciate Well, how could I? I'm just some nut who believes in fate. Well, I've always followed my visions. And your pity's not going to change that. And she's trying to like, that's done, I can win all of us. That's done, I can win you get the door. And there's kind of a pause because they're all a bit shaking for what's happening. Can I do this one? She's like, that's, that'll be Donnie. Can one of you get the door? And she gets out and says, well, you've seen me do it enough times. You just turn the handle and pull. And anyway, she stores out there and Fraser ends up answering Donnie comes and they're like, Oh, she'll be out in a minute. Oh, good, good. What's that? You're drinking this, Sherry? Yeah, I'll have one. And then... Mar's like, how's business? And he's like, well, actually, I'll cut down on my caseload. I want to spend more time with Daphne. Go terrorist, but I've booked us on an Alaskan vacation next month. I guess it's one of the few places I'll ever you can feel completely alone. And Mar's like, ah, oh, I like that feeling, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love Martin so oh, much. Oh, What? Fucking Daphne's in she's like, Donnie. Like, like, hey, honey, and they kiss and everything, but stuff is welcome. And like, like, we're on our way then. And like, like, no, I said, well, I want to talk to you about something first. And then man, Martin Fraser and Nell will try to excuse. And they're like, no, you guys are safe. Stay for this. You know, I'm supposed to be you guys. I went and met 
And they're Devin, they all sit down on the... Uh, and Fraser's like, Donny, I think it would be best. And he's like, it's okay, sit. And they all just sit in the <laughs> chairs and then they definitely like, sit there and uh, Marla, no, maybe I'll have a little bit of that sherry. <laughs> and then Donny, and I've got I've got to say, this whole oh, bit is oh, so, it, so it, sweet. Oh, that uh, hit me, hit me right uh, there. I mean, hit, we, hit, we, hit you where you live. You want to read? You want to read? I wish Brian had done that. You want? Do you want to take this one? I do. He's like, no. I thought that being a divorce attorney would have soured me on relationships, and and then I met you. I found myself telling my clients to reconcile because I think that if we could find even just a tiny little bit of happiness, that I found with you, I could make it. I've been thinking about that time where we went to that little bed and breakfast in the country and we sat in the porch swing all night. When I looked at the sky, you told me your dad and you used to sit on your step and do the same thing when you were a kid. He said that the only man good enough for you would scoop the stars out of the sky with his hat and lay them at your feet. Well, I've only caught this one so far, but if you accept it, I'll spend the rest of my life chasing the rest of them down for you. So, so oh, sweet. Try not to get <laughs> up over here. <laughs> we don't get emotional on this show. <laughs> I would marry him after that speech. Oh, I, I'd fucking marry him. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not. I'm a heterosexual man. I'd still marry him. Like yeah. literally, anybody, anybody, man or woman, said that to give that speech to me. Like fuck, it, I'll marry him. And you know, after that speech, I've got to say one thing. How in the fuck could she leave him at the altar? I know. He was the sweetest man in the goddamn world. Mm-hmm. And she leaves him for a neurotic, unethical dickweed. <laughs> Oh, like, and then she basically like you no. know he needs to so like he's got the ring and he's like I know it's very soon so just think about it and she's like I don't have to think about it and she says yes it's all crying and all the guys are just like stunned in silence and, and, and Donnie's like boys give me a break you look more surprised than I do and they all say oh yeah yeah, yeah oh we're so happy all hugs and everything and now now excuse himself it's like I'll get some. Uh, you went to get the physical. Yes, champagne. I'll let me help you. And then Fraser's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. And then Fraser, Mom goes, Fraser, why don't you go take the champagne? We're going to stay out here for a while. I'd do anything to fix this for you. And he's like, I know. And it's my own fault. I had chance to chance to tell her, you know, and I always keep my mouth shut. So it's a nightmare. I probably should have. And then Martin's like, you can't regret what you said. It was the right thing to do. That's something that always can't help me. Okay. Oh, I'm. Oh, geez, the scene for me nails in don't think me. It's just getting me. Uh, and then Daphne comes in and everything. She wants to talk to, to nails. Yeah. And she she says, like, you know, I'm sorry, I got cross with you. Know, it's once I thought what you said it really, it really made sense. You know, when Donnie asked me, man, I realized it was fear. I felt, but. I realise the only way I'm going to overcome it is to you know, jump in with both feet. I give you help, and she hugs him. I do love Donnie. He goes, uh, you think he's talking to, to nail it? Hey, don't excuse me. That's a Percy Kamani guy right there. Oh. And he turns to nail it. He's like, got my number one client right I there. Just, you missed that line. I just like that na- line when Niles is kind of like accepting. He's like, I wish you the very best, Daphne. Mm-hmm. Because if he loves her, he needs to let her and go as such. And that's, the, that's, the whole, that's the old like, phrase, you know, you love something, let it grow and everything. Mm. And I love the daughter, like, hey, you're holding a kiss, come on, do you think you're talking about Daphne, Dunstan, Niles, you got my number one client right there. <laughs> uh, and 
And Daphne comes out with Liam Knight, Martin's in the front, they're they living room, like, are you still looking for that TV guy? Yeah, it's the damnedest thing. What are you still doing up? Where's Donnie? Oh, he's on the phone to my folks. He really is wonderful, Mr. Crane. I'm very happy for you, Death. Oh my God. What? I just had that vision again. Only this time. Well, that's a bit scary. My mystery man is standing with some sort of dragon. A dragon? Yeah, that makes no sense. Was well, just what Dr. Crane said. These visions are about my fears. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, imagine spending the rest of my life looking for some poor bloke with a dragon. Yeah, that's weird. What? I said a vision myself. What is it? It's this mystery She's standing in the kitchen. She's making me a Monte Cristo sandwich. Oh, brother. Oh, no, it's just a grilled tea. Make it yourself, you lazy old sod. Oh, and he just buggered off to the... And then all this... Martin knows showing me he's a fire and everything. And then he goes, like... He looks in the bag that Ross had earlier. Like, oh, Roz. Like, if he doesn't like what's in it, he pulls out. And it's a big dragon statue. Thing. Yeah. And then puts it down. And then... Gets to the credits where it's just... Fraser and Martin joining Eddie and all, like, looking upside down at the... <laughs> The cooking program, but can I talk about the thing in the kitchen for a thing before we go into the overall mm-hmm, look? Mm-hmm. Not all we'll move the episode, we'll get to the end, then I'll spend my time here. But again, what I was, what I was seeing here though, it's an emotional bit in the. Uh, it really ends up still wiping tears from that bit. It's an emotion- I, sh- I shouldn't have quoted the fucking bit. Well, you seem so into it, so I thought you might I, want to do I it. Thought, I thought I could handle it. I thought you could. <laughs> like. <laughs> It's an emotional bit with the, the speech and everything that Diane gives in here. Emo- and then Daphne says yes. And basically the idea of like she was using these visions as an uh, excuse to give in to her fears. And then she should, should be doing like she really loves, feels for Diane. She thinks she does. She should deal with, she should face the fears head on and yeah. see if she's truly meant to be with him. So that's why she said yes and everything. Which by the way, I'm like, I think Martin, like, he doesn't care for what Niles did like to say to her earlier on and everything. But he and Freddie both know that basically him saying to her, give him, give like, give her the right advice, you know, as a friend or whether as a friend or a psychiatrist, right? Which is him basically agreeing with Fraser, like the idea, like these visions are all about fear, mm. and the idea he does kind of leave it open in that, like he's helping her, but also you can see some of his motivations there, and the idea of like he kind of does want her to break up with Donnie, but the idea of like basically says to like if you're what he's kind of saying to there is like if you are gonna break up with him. Do it for their reasons. Don't think it's because you think yeah. because of some vision there's someone else out there. Which in a way it's, it's like is like if you break up with somebody but do it for like a shitty reason. Then yeah, it's, it's a bad thing. Like you're not truly being honest about why things are ended between you and that person. But oh, definitely. And but like Martin knows, like Martin and Fraser know that by Nails doing the right thing, it ultimately the right thing will hurt Nails. Mm. And Martin is looking at him, even though he disappeared what he said earlier on. He's looking at her as, as any father or any parent would look at their kid, like, because he knows that Niles is hurt, and the idea of, like, he says, I'd do anything to fix this for you. Mm. The idea, like, any parent doesn't want to see their child in pain and would do anything to make them feel better. And I'm not going to talk any further, because if I talk any further, I'm going to tear it up. Yeah. I'm going to tear it up as well. You're getting me emotional talking <laughs> about that crap, man. But, you know, you this can is see the, what... the most emotional Fraser review of that. I know, like, it's not maybe, like, oh, like, jumping from motivation, like, oh, Suddenly he's sympathetic, then he's not, then he is. It's the idea of like, the idea of like he was, he was encouraged, he was enabling her 
fears, but then you need to tell the right thing because like you would get what you want, but you would do it, the idea like do you do do you get the result you want, but do it through shitty means, or do you do the right thing, but the right thing might mean you don't get the thing yeah. that you want to get. It's kind of a ethical thing that you're it's, dealing with it's in this episode. Whole thing you think about it, doing the right thing is never easy. No, it's never easy, but it's the right thing. Really, yeah. or if they're not doing the right thing, leaves you feeling worse than when if you do the wrong thing. In the short term, I think. In the long term, like if you're, if you're, if you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, "I'm properly ethical and mm-hmm. a good person," yeah, doing the right thing may hurt you, and it may hurt you deeply. But in the long term, you'll feel better for it. Yeah, you know. Oh, I did not think this would be going in this I'm, direction. I must say, though, just on the topic. Mm-hmm. I I do believe this has been one of the most in depth we've done yeah. of review, and I think we've covered it. And I'm I hope that um I hope that any of our listeners that bother to <laughs> talk to you on again Facebook uh, or Twitter, Twitter or whatever. I hope we I hope we yeah. appreciate the depth we've gone into it. Cause, you know, because it, it's not it's one of those episodes where we we cry for you people, man. It's one of those episodes where I mean the alcohol didn't help, but it's mm. one of those episodes where it's not black and white or anything. Like no, no. it's not clear people's work. It's like you have nails, you can't kind of over the whole thing, but then he does things that are questionable. But yeah, if you didn't have the stuff with Fraser and Martin saying the things that they say to him before he goes to dab in the kitchen, then it would be paint a whole light because if they didn't say that, then that would mean that they were encouraging what he did, but. Them saying that means that the show acknowledges that now as a character, you should, in a way, be angry with him for saying the things that he said. Yeah. So it's, it's really a shady way thing. It's like you can be or may whether you're on his side or not, but there are a, there's a lot to look at from both sides. I, in this. I think so much. When I really look at it, I'm not so much angry with him, I'm just disappointed. Yeah. In the way he goes about it. If, anything, if you ever heard any angry, disappointed parent, you know that's, a, that's worse than being angry. The phrase I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed is the yeah, worst that, thing you can ever hear. That's like a bullet to the soul that one, you're like, ah, oh, no. Because, like, anger, like, you can get anger, then you can get, like, just a outburst, but anger calms down, but disappointment feels more long term. Yeah. Feels more long term thing that you get. Like, I'm going to have to really work to help help the disapproval fade here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And like, I don't know when parents figure that out, but Jesus, that works. Well, yeah. I don't think I've ever actually heard that I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed, but the idea of them being disappointed really just fucks with you. I haven't heard it, but I've had the look. Have you ever actually used the phrase I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed as a parent? I've never friend? used it, but I've had I've had it. I've had the... Uh, I've not had the phrase and I've had the... Yeah. Directed at me uh-huh. and growing up, you know what I mean? And that does, it does eat you. Because yeah. the minute you get that kind of thing, you do your best to repair it. You yeah. know, I'm like, I must fix this. But, but yeah, but that's kind of what Marty even said. He didn't even say that he's annoyed, disappointed with him, but he he shows it in other ways yeah. that he's disappointed now. And like, but he might be disappointed. Like, he sees that his son does the right thing eventually, but like, knowing. Do you know this? This is becoming so morose. So I'm going to say something. I hope will make us giggle. <laughs> All right, winkle pickle. <laughs> But but you hear what I'm saying? Cause I I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. But I don't even know anymore, man. Yeah, cause like he's oh he's pressing the cat. He says 
sorry, Pete, I'm just, I'm, I'm doing my civic duty and thinning loot empties. He's, I don't even know what to say anymore, I had it, but it's gone now. Well, let's see, will we give it our thumb rating? Yes. Do you give it a... I give it a thumbs up because, not because it's got a lot of, like, great lines, even though it has yeah. a few sprinkled in there. They're the funniest, but I think because... It's so in-depth. I, th I think the review, reviewing it and looking at it as a viewer gives you a lot to really think about more. Oh, it really does. It really Because, like, this episode really does... Yeah. It really does make you think and emote and really makes you... It makes you question certain things this episode, you know? It really it, makes you think. There's an old phrase in TV, yeah, the, the watercolour one thing to make you, you talk about with other people, but, like... Yeah. It's not exactly like watercolor, but like the idea of like some shows are great because not just because they make you laugh or they feed me heal, but like it's because of like when you watch it and another person watch it, you two people who are fans of something can watch it and have both either the same opinion or a varying opinion, right? But oh. it'll still give you one hell of a discussion. Episodes like this, real, I didn't expect to have this kind of discussion, but this particular episode as well, but. It leaves you with a lot to think about. Oh, it really does. It really does. So, which is why I, I thought it's a, it's a fucking trifecta. I leave three in a row. I give it a thumb because it, because of the discussion. It led us to end up having. Oh yeah. What about yeah. you? Where's your thumb at here? Oh, I give it. I give it a definite thumbs up. Yeah. Because it's a. It's. It's such. It's such an emotionally strong episode, isn't it? There's quite a few Frasier episodes that have that arc, but some that really, really... What a better way of putting it? It really drives at your soul. Yeah. And really makes you think. Because it, it's the kind of episode that really makes you, like... It makes you look at yourself. Yeah. You know, because you think, like... You end up thinking, have I ever been like that? Or if... If I were in that position, you know. Yeah, it about. makes you question, makes you think. It's such a, it's such a well thought out episode. As, you, as heavy as it is, you know. You wouldn't think this would be able to make you cry. But I think it was again be a bit, a bit tipsy. But then thinking about it again, looking at the aspects of like how Martin is feeling, how Martin's feeling for him as a parent. You even see Martin almost feeling a bit chilled up when he says the line, "I do anything that fixes this for you." Yeah. And there are very few other episodes that make you feel. Like, you might cry at them. The only other episode I can think of off the top of my head is, like, the episode where they're all waiting in the hospital because Nels is going in for surgery and everything. Oh, you, that. Had, you had to go on that. I'm just I... saying, it's the, only, it's the only other episode I can think of off the top of my head I that don't... makes you feel that kind of emotion yeah. from it, you know? Yeah, it does, it does. But, you know, before me... We, we, we did wrap up soon before, before we get Before we end up breaking out the hankies and, and <laughs> you know, blubbering like a couple of wings. On woman. <laughs> but uh, a couple of old woman blobbing about shit. But uh, oh, he's so sweet that Danny isn't he? But he has a pair of winkle pickles. <laughs> Not even going there. <laughs> we thank you for for listening to this and then drinking, you know, talk. We we thank you for listening through the first 30 minutes of us talking about how much pints and shit cost yeah. before we got to the Frasier. We thank you for listening to these re Let us know your thoughts about, you know, Frasier's choice and one between Frasier and What do you think of case of Dr. Nora as a, as a guest? Yeah, and really, really do let us think your... Let us hear your views on... Let us hear your thoughts on the discussion of the last episode we had because I think that 
out of the three we have covered today, that was the most in depth. Yeah. I, I, like the Niles one, I, my ultimate opinion on it is I see why he's doing it. But you don't agree with his method. I agree with why he's doing it. And I think even though it hurt him in the end, he had to do what was right. And that was the right thing for him to do. Yeah, it was. And let's let us know, because right now we're going to do the whole, uh, we're going to do the best one-off character or guest episode, like, characters. Yeah. And, and let us know, if you were to do your own little list, where would Dr. Noir rank him? Like, would you be high up? Would you not ah, be on it at all? She'd be in my top three, that one. Nice. I don't know if she would be above, you know, Alan Cumming. <laughs> but... You know, we'll we'll see what happens. Eventually, we will do that episode. But thank you for listening. Look, please check back. Done almost six seasons worth. But like, I think it was, I think it may have been within a year, within the first year at some point of us doing this podcast that we started doing Fraser. Yeah. And through either through doing it weekly to then us doing it on a semi weekly basis every mm. every couple of weeks. But we do three episodes or so in each one. We are now six episodes almost deep. We have two episodes to go before we're done with season six. And again, it's, it's, it's bewildering to me to think that we're at the halfway point almost of the series. It really it really is a trip, you know. <laughs> but um, I must say, I have enjoyed every moment of it. So please, look, please feel free to look back on the back catalogue and see the six seasons almost worth of Frasier discussions that we've had some in-depth, some not so in-depth, some of us just shouting out quotes and giggling <laughs> like a couple of idiots. And take it, it's, what, it's what we do. They've got other kind of ramblings on food and drink and all sorts of other stuff, confectionery. We have episodes about wrestling, a lot of stuff about wrestling. If you're a wrestling fan, you'll appreciate that. Uh, we have stuff on Impact Wrestling. Paul's wearing a lovely Impact Wrestling hoodie. Yes, I am. We, supplied to me by my lovely fiance, we Brian. Have, we have retro wrestling. We, usually, we did our Front of Vault series, which is a retro review series, which is a the reason why, like I said, is about the Royal Money in 87. We have In Your Gap, which is a review of the In Your House pay-per-view series. We have our eclectic escapades. We have SP, which is Frasier related, which is Frasier actors, and other key roles. We've yeah. done Frasier and David Hyde. We've done Kelsey Graham and David Hyde Pierce appearing as Sancho Bob and Cecil, respectively, in The yeah. Simpsons. And The Stick. Yes, we've done Kelsey Grammer as Dinky Pete slash Prospector in Toy Story 2. And then we did David Hyde Pierce most recently as Slim. And once yeah. once Scott gets a minute to watch the perfect host, we'll, we'll do that. We should do that, but we've got so much left lined up. We've got our retrospectives. We've done. I think the next episode is no. The next episode is going to be Impact, but the episode after that is going to be another wrestling one, which is part three, the finale of our European title retrospectives, which I did, which I didn't think was going to be three parts, but it is. And I'm not going to tell you right here. Or maybe wait for a couple of weeks' time to tell you, but the next retrospective we do after the European title, it's oh, it's a heavy one. It's going to require a lot of parts. I mean, all can't wait. We've resigned ourselves to feel, to think that maybe retrospectives going forward will be multiple parts, but <laughs> the ideas that we've had for retrospectives, we can't wait to delve in and see how they go. Oh, no, no. Our, re- our retrospectives are going to be bitching. Oh, they're going to deal with some heavy shit. We've got that, we've got all sorts of other wrestling related content in the back catalogue and to come, so we hope you stick with us by following us on Twitter at SBRambling, follow me at CompCloud1996, we're available on Rogue Opinions, so call at Rogue underscore opinion on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow, like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Rambling Podcast, and get both us here on, the, on our feed and on the Rogue Opinions feed on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you choose to get your podcast. 
with a like rating review on your chosen platform. We thank you for listening. We've we, we, we tried our eyes. We've had a fun time talking about Frasier. Yep. And we're going to leave you until next time when we're back at the wrestling chat. See you later. See ya. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Oh my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. What is a boy to do? Frazier has left the building. <laughs>